0: Welcome to the high impact man podcast, high impact men from across the nation, sharing their stories of inspiration, encouragement, and hope to help others become the virtuous leaders they are called to be and that our nation desperately needs.
1: Well, welcome to another episode of the high impact man podcast. As usual, this is Nevin Gorky. I'm your host known as D fib to the F3 guys. Joined as always by my partner Troy Klinger, otherwise known as Dial Up. Dial Up, how's it feel to be back in the co-host seat and not the guest seat? It's more, it's more comfortable. It's less stressful. Yeah, a little less intimidating. Yeah, yeah. I'm very intimidating, right? Hopefully, yeah. You're
0: oh my scared scared <laughs> me, scared the daylights out of me. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, folks didn't. Hopefully, folks didn't uh, tune out halfway through or hit the snooze button and, and fall asleep, but.
1: Yeah, I, we never know. Hopefully we didn't I mean, bore him you too know, much. but whatever it takes, right? We prayed before. We prayed before we started here, yeah. and that you know, whatever God's going to use it, however He's going to use it, and uh, no matter what if we it's think, a, if it's, a, if it's a, as a uh, you know a sleep aid, that whatever, so, so be it. Yeah, someone might need
0: that. We're here. So, yes, yeah, we're here to meet need the that. needs of all men. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and regardless, we always think the material is just great and top. Yeah,
1: yeah, we we love ourselves, <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> and we're humble.
0: <laughs> For, yeah, the record, for the record, I, I was going to point out during the podcast, but I never did. I just wanted to make sure I pointed out for any listeners out there from our packs, Gandalf that uh, <laughs> I, I did not have like a five page outline <laughs> of, of, yeah. what, of what I wanted to ask you and what I wanted you to tell right. me. Right.
1: There is one Pax that shall rename, <laughs> r- remain named as Gandalf who uh, showed up as a guest who brought a script with him. Yeah. Ready, ready to go. He's that's, but that's the way he rolls, right? Yeah. He's he's a he's a structured, a, planned yeah. kind of guy. Yeah, he's a federal prosecutor. You know, he's got always, and we love him for it. Yeah, we do love him for it. Hey, yeah. listen, he's out there I, serving our country. That's
0: right, right he is. Yeah, and we're proud of him. And and hey, when you if you're listening to this Gandalf, hopefully you can download podcast overseas. Yeah, we love you. We miss you, and uh, pray you're safe. And uh, we're we're proud of you for out there representing the good old USA, and you're you're doing your thing.
1: Yes, absolutely. And, uh, and as always, we're here for your family. If uh, Denise needs anything, we're here, man. So, um, and he knows that. Uh, so we we'll love you, Gandalf. All right. Well, our guest today is another high-impact man. That's what we do. We bring men on here who we think are high-impact men to uh, share their stories, to inspire and encourage and motivate other guys to be virtuous leaders. Uh, our guest today is in studio, so the, the audio quality should be Superb. And uh, it's always better like that. And when I listen to other podcasts, I really like it when the guests are in studio. Yeah. You know, we can't do that most of the time. That's just the way it is. But uh, but boy, it's it's really nice to to listen to high quality um, audio. But anyway, I've gone off on a tangent. Our guest today... <laughs> wait, hold on. We've had guests of all
0: kinds of quality, right? We've had guys oh, yeah. oh, on their front word. porch with the birds squawking and right, right. guys in their front yards... Watering the lawn. Maybe urinating <laughs> or watering the lawn. We've had guys in their own like podcast studio yeah right yeah we've had guys on the boardwalk
1: <laughs> right on the beach boardwalk <laughs> At the yep. beach uh, a yeah, little bit of some libations while they were talking yeah to us.
0: so we've we've had all kinds yeah. of uh backgrounds yeah we had uh, uh
1: cadre danny's phone just overheated and went out in the middle of our podcast. we had photo finish wife's calling him for dinner <laughs> <laughs> i forgot about photo finish that's right he's like i gotta go
0: my wife who i don't know what her lynn. religious beliefs yeah. are <laughs> lynn what? what religion are you Uh, But anyway, Yeah. yeah, back... Back, back to you. What were you saying? Yeah, I don't know. But
1: uh, I think oh, I was introducing a guest here. our guests. There's a guest here. <laughs> yeah, it's right. There, there there's That's a guest right. here. Uh, so uh, Pastor Daz Dunham, he's he our pastor from the First Baptist Church of Danville. And uh, he really is a high-impact man, uh, not just because he's a pastor, but because uh, he has such a heart for people, uh, for young people. He's been involved in uh, running and uh, cross-country coaching. And uh, and just his story, man. Uh, he's, he's got a lot of stories to tell. We, we, we'll try to squeeze some of them in. Uh, and uh, he's, he's a great preacher. Uh, if, you, uh-huh. if you want to tune in, man, it's uh, found on YouTube and online. You could uh, you could download the, the sermons. Um, but uh, he's uh, definitely a high-impact man. He has a sphere of influence, larger than some, uh, smaller than others, but, uh, but making a positive <laughs> impact, uh, as always. Uh, he's got, a, got a, a brood of boys uh, who, he, who he will tell you about. He's got a basketball team. He's got a basketball team. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and a sub. And, a, and sub, a sub, That's right. A sub. Yeah, and yep. a sub, I guess right. Yep. Six boys. He kept trying for a girl. Just couldn't. Couldn't do it. Yep. But we won't blame him for that. No, that's right. Yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, it, he's he's going to be our guest today. We're gonna we're gonna uh, have him tell his story, and uh, and I think you're all going to agree that he's a high impact man. So. Pastor, welcome to the podcast.
2: Thanks. That may be the longest introduction I've ever had.
1: Yeah, it could have been longer. I was going to say, right, Reverend, you know, all the other things and stuff. But... I was
0: just trying to stay awake.
1: <laughs> I was just <laughs> thinking,
0: like, we could be
1: calling him P double D. P double D. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. P double D. Yeah, that, that would work. Yeah, that's yeah, a good name. I did call him P Diddy for a while. I'm not, not sure. P Yeah. That's that's fair. Too. That's taken, I think.
0: Yeah, P Diddy is. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. kind of already done. Yeah, yeah. that's already done. P double D. Yeah. P double D. I like it. Rolls off the tongue.
1: Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, PWD. So, um, yeah, we haven't gotten to an F3 workout, though, so most of our listeners are usually F3 guys, but you're going to be yet, 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 yet. yet. Oh, Uh,
0: so he's saying there's a chance. There's a chance. There's always a chance. Hey, we got Lieberman there last week. Did you? Yeah, he Mm -hmm. finally, like, he'd been coming and running with us for several weeks, and he finally, I think he just didn't have an excuse, and he knew that I did, I knew that he didn't have an excuse to not stay, and so he stayed last Saturday.
1: And yeah, I think he's coming this Saturday. I texted him last night to see yeah. if he'd come today, but he had he had to go up to uh, an hour away from here for his work early in the morning, so he couldn't make it to this morning's beatdown. But uh, he asked me about the schedule again, so I gave him Thursday, Friday, Saturday schedule yep. coming up. And uh, so I I think we'll see him again. Still holding out hope to get Brant there too. Uh, I, you know, so luck. now on a side note here, as far as F3 stuff goes, uh, you know... We're off to a great start. I, we are. So as you know... <laughs> Uh, F3, everybody gets a nickname, right? I'm D-Fib, he's dial-up. Um, you already got a nickname for me.
2: PWD. Yeah,
1: yeah, but the PAX has to vote, so yeah. who knows? And we're terrible at giving names. But anyway, uh, so Brian Lieberman is the guy we're talking about. He's the head of human resources. And so we had a good-sized number of guy uh, people there at the at the beatdown Saturday to give him his name. And so he works in HR. And, of course, Emilia I said, when, when you say HR, what do you think of? And the only other guy who knew what I was talking about. Hold on, oh, no, don't,
0: don't say it. See if Dawes knows. If you hear HR. HR. Human Resources.
1: Oh, yes, yeah, so you know. As <laughs> soon as I said it, the other guy in his late 50s knew HR Puffin' Stuff. Oh, yes. Do you know HR uh, Puffin' Stuff? Yes, I do. See, he knows. I, I looked it up. It, it
0: actually was kind of a comical little cartoon. Yeah, it was. It yeah. actually was. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. HR Puffin' Stuff.
0: But he ended up being Peloton.
2: Oh, nice. Which is good. Yeah. Because he does bike.
0: Yeah. And his bike, his wife is addicted to it. So she was, I think he would tell you that she was jealous. Yeah, yeah. Because she, she you tells him, peloton. Peloton. she, she, you don't she asked what his name was. Why did he get the nickname? Yeah. yeah. And she, yeah, she's like, but you hate the peloton, and he goes, "Well, that's what's funny about it. <laughs> that's right. That's what's good about it. So now he likes it even more." So. I, I said, if she would ever come to work out, like when we have the wives there and we give wives names, I, she's going to yeah. be like Huffy, you know, <laughs> <laughs> <Or> Schwinn, <laughs> Schwinn, you know, like an old school. Yeah. And speed bicycle.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I would have, uh, so two of us were voting for HR Puff and stuff. I think that would be a great name, but uh, Sorry. Nope, he got Peloton.
0: We're still holding out for dancing queen. Yeah.
1: We said like five FNGs <coughs> ago that the next guy that comes, we're naming dancing queen, and we still haven't done it. Uh, so if you show up, P double D.
2: That may cause me to hesitate.
1: <laughs> well, we usually, we we're usually too kind in giving the names. That's why yeah. I say we're not good at it. Yeah. So anyway. All right, so uh, coming to the podcast, I know that um, what you're doing now, but we're going to go back a little bit and start, you know, I know you grew up in upstate New York. Tell us about where you grew up, what that was like. Uh, I
2: grew up in uh, what was the Snow Belt in upstate New York, so about an hour and a half outside of Syracuse, an hour and a half outside of Albany, like right between the two of them, Mm -hmm. uh, right on the straight, uh, right off of the New York State Thruway. Uh, so, uh, a lot, not far from the Adirondack mountains. So I spent a lot of time camping in Adirondack, Adirondack mountains when I was a scout. Uh, so mm-hmm. did a lot of hiking up there as well. Uh, so just a beautiful area. So you were an outdoorsman growing up. Absolutely. <clears throat>
0: yeah. yeah. Snowshoeing, cross country skiing.
2: I never got on a pair of skis. Can you believe it? Really? I mean, yeah. right in the middle of a snow belt, but yeah. never got on a pair of skis. Huh. Um, did some snowshoeing. Uh, did a lot of camping and uh, hike, hiking in the winter. Um, build lean tos, yeah. sleep in a snowbank, that kind of thing. Can you
1: start a fire, you know, without matches, just with like sticks? Can you do that?
2: Uh, I never did that, but I certainly started it without uh, paper, you know, birch bark and that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, because my my daughter went to school and she had her her degree was in camp and outdoor adventure leadership. <laughs> And I wanted her to teach me how to make a fire without, you know, matches or a lighter anything. She never learned, so I'm a little disappointed.
2: Need a little bit of a yeah. Flip yeah. How do you that teach that skill?
1: I don't know. I don't know, but I mean, I'm sure I could YouTube it. But I'd like to know how to build a fire. I want to try it. I'm going to do that tomorrow, maybe. I'm off okay. this week of work, so I'm going to maybe I'll try to start a fire. That could be bad.
2: But that's always the contest: start a fire with one match.
1: Uh, okay. Yeah, one match. Yeah, I don't do it without any matches. Yeah, no nice. matches. Right. Let me know. I'll, I'll video it. <laughs> it may be there a while. <laughs> all right. So, uh, and how many siblings do you have?
2: I have four sisters. That explains a lot. Yeah. No brothers. No brothers. Huh. Yep, so, it's always four on one. And that's why
0: you decided to have six boys. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I was going to say, <laughs> <Yeah. I was laughs> all the siblings are girls. And yeah, so he has all guys. I'll show you, mom and dad. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, my parents have uh, 17 grandchildren. 14 of them are boys. Wow. So we got rid of most
1: of the girls. <laughs> 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 Had enough of this girl stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where were you in the age what's, range there? What's sad is there are some countries that do that, right? <laughs> I know. Oh, right. Yeah, sad. yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: I'm actually in the middle. Okay. So my older sisters are twins. And then uh, almost two years later, I was born. And then about a year and a half later, my younger sister. And then six years after that was my youngest sister.
1: Oh well, that's good. So you didn't have to learn how to braid hair or anything. They had each other for that.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that that wouldn't work. And, that wasn't and, work. And I was the only one that had my own room.
1: Oh, nice. Ooh. So it did have its benefits. Yes. Yeah. Very nice. Did you have your own bathroom though? <laughs> there was one
0: bathroom in the house. Is there? Is? Yeah. <laughs> right. So you never got to use it. Yeah, it was the tree yeah, no, outside. If I didn't, you got up two hours earlier than everybody else. Right? Well, I
2: became a morning person because I had to. Otherwise, yeah. I was going to have to use the neighbor's bathroom. Right. <laughs> So I don't even use an alarm clock anymore. I just decide what time I'm going to get up, and I get up. Uh, so, you know, 5.30, whatever, I had to be in the bathroom because you're not going to see the bathroom.
1: Right. Huh. You just have to have a shaved head, so you don't have to worry about washing your hair. That, too. Yeah. yeah. Got to gotta, gotta make it simple. Keep it simple. That's right. As we get older, we go back to simple. <laughs> yeah, just got my hair cut. Yeah. You know, <laughs> looks pretty simple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just got my hair cut yesterday, too. All right, so... Um, High school, what was that like? Did you? I know you were, uh, uh, well, go ahead. Tell us about your high school career.
2: So I was in, in grade school. I was the uh, person, me and uh, a fellow named Patrick, were the last people picked for any sports team. So, uh, yeah, so, you know, it would be a toss-up. Who gets Patrick or who gets Dawes? It was like, okay, which, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh and uh, interestingly enough, the, uh, the gym teacher would, at the end of the year, call in the people that were, may I say, athletically challenged, <laughs> and they would give us a ball of some sport that needed a little bit of repair. So it was pretty much worthless, but it was also pretty embarrassing. Uh, so uh, when, I, uh, you know, when I entered junior high and high school, I certainly didn't have much confidence in uh, being able to be proficient at, at any sport. Uh and so uh leading up to high school, I I found that I enjoyed running. So I would actually run back and forth from school to home and and uh and then before I entered my freshman year I found out they actually had a sport what, where you ran. That yeah. that was the sport. I was like, Hey, I'm I'm gonna sign up for that. I had no idea what I was getting into. Uh but I, I ran and I wrestled because in wrestling that was back when they actually had a ninety one pound weight class. In, uh, in the tournaments and a 98 pound weight class so uh, so I wrestled 91 in all the tournaments uh, and I actually had to gain weight to do that when I was a freshman Wow so as a freshman in high school I weighed 82 pounds so yeah. I didn't break 100 pounds till I was in until I was a junior yeah so I graduated the <laughs> smallest kid in my class I was 52
1: graduated 52 and now you are six feet. Grew a lot out of high school. Yeah.
2: I grew 10 inches my first two years of college. Wow. First year and a half, actually.
1: That's amazing. 10 inches, that's a lot.
0: That's a lot. Maybe, maybe yeah. I could have played football, too. Remember, I said I was bulking yeah. up to 120. Right, yeah, <laughs> And yeah. I realized maybe
1: I should run instead. Yeah. You, you, uh, yeah. Were, yeah, I didn't have any options. You were options. real lightweight. Holy yeah. smokes. Yeah. Now when you, so, you started running. Were you good at it right away?
2: No. Uh, no, I was, I was pretty marginal. Yeah. Uh, so, by the time my senior year... Uh, I was decent. I, I wasn't great. I never was great, uh, but it was something I really enjoyed. So I continued on. Um, I tried to run in college uh, for a couple of years, but the because I grew so fast uh, that much, uh, it really hurt my back, and I spent about 12 years where I couldn't run at all. Wow! Uh, every time I tried to get up to a certain distance, um, the, the pain would be just too much.
0: Yeah.
1: That's so how what, I am now. And what year did you graduate, Dawes,
0: <laughs> from high school? From high school, I graduated in seventy six. Seventy six. So you were fortunate too. Like that was like not a lot of schools had cross country programs back yeah. then. Yeah. So, really. So, so we were actually right, in it, yeah. Like okay. he was an early yeah. His school we were was actually in the area cross country was a pretty big deal.
2: Yeah. Huh. So all the area schools had it. Yep. But uh, you're right. Not a lot of schools in seventy six necessarily had high, yeah. had high school cross country. I didn't know
1: that. I wouldn't have predicted that because running is you don't need any you don't need anything just go run right, right. and so you would think yep. that would be like one of the early sports that yeah
0: we have to go so. I, I think Danville's might have just started right around that time, well I know the girls started much later than the boys yeah yeah I can't so remember.
2: Jeff was uh, was here starting the girls program yep the boys program was already going when he was yeah uh, first a teacher yep
1: wow so Jeff is Jeff Brandt, he's a cross country coach here for Danville for a long time he was a Guess in one of my early podcasts, uh, that's who we're talking about. But uh, he's still coaching, he retired from teaching, but he's still. coaching. I would
2: say he's the best coach I've ever seen in any yeah. sport.
1: There you go. Yep. Yeah. So uh, go back and uh, find the episode with Jeff Brandt when yeah, you're about like that. Sh- sh- two or three. Yeah, it was early on. on. Listen yeah. to that one; it's a good one. Yeah, it still has the record for the longest podcast. Yeah, yeah. joking. Yeah, yeah. Jeff could talk. <laughs> <laughs> Old man. Yeah. So. Uh, so in high school, uh, you did that. And then uh, tell us what, what happened after that.
2: As far as uh, career academically, well, yeah. I graduated from high school. I was in the top 10 of my class. Uh, so I was out of, out of 177. Oh, okay, that's good. That's good.
1: Uh, <laughs> where were you going <laughs> with that? It wasn't, oh, you know, 20. it wasn't out of 11. Okay. Well, we finished second in the race. Uh, this, this, by the time this podcast is going to be weeks later, but we finished second in the race, right? Right. Out of three teams. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: You don't. You don't need to tell all the facts. Just <laughs> we do appreciate your congratulations, still though, on Facebook. Yes, you you right, thought I we did something great, right? right? Yeah. yeah.
1: Right, yeah. I mouse. said, "Wow, that's pretty awesome." Yeah. Yeah. They had me on the team. They had no chance to win anything. <laughs> we so. did beat other teams. They just weren't our category.
0: Right. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh,
2: so I was a pre-law major. I was. Uh, I want. I wanted to become a lawyer. I wanted to make a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, that was really my goal. Uh, actually, I had thought that I wanted to be president. I'm glad that never. Worked out. Did you really? That was the ambition. Oh, yeah. that That's was my cool. ambition. Huh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I. It's I, not too late. I went to a liberal arts college in upstate New York, uh, pre-law major, and uh, right before I went there, uh, I noticed I had been searching uh, for God for uh, at least a handful of years, but in particular, last few years before I graduated, uh, I decided that I would go to church and I would be involved with lighting the candles and I would do, you know, try and do everything that I could, but it, it never changed my life. Right. And my senior year of high school, I noticed that the family that lived across the street from me, uh, their lives began to change. I mean, radically change. I noticed just a tremendous difference in our lives. And they had started to go to a, uh, to a church, uh, about 10 miles from, from our home. And, uh, I decided, you know what, I just need to check this out. So, uh, so I actually was interested in uh, the girl there. Uh, she was one of my classmates. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so I asked her out, and she said, well, you know, you can go go to church with me. And I said, well, I, you know, I'll go anywhere. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I As yeah. most teenage boys would. <laughs> yep, yeah, exactly. yeah. Yep. yeah, So w- when I went there, I actually uh, met some other girls there. <laughs> But uh, the one thing I, I noticed is that, you know, people carried their Bible around. And, yeah. like, the guy that spoke up front, he actually spoke from the Bible, which was kind of a new thing for me as as well. Yeah. Uh, so I uh, actually had a young person, uh, uh, another gal, uh, ask if I was a Christian. I said, I have no idea. And she sat down and shared the gospel with me. And that night, that's the first time I ever remember uh, anybody telling me ab- about what Jesus Christ had done, mm. that he had actually uh, – died for my sin and rose again and that i could know him as my lord and savior that night i went home and i prayed Mm -hmm. Uh, because i would wake up in the middle of the night my last few years before graduation and i'd actually get down next to my bed on my knees and pray that the lord wouldn't take me because i had no idea where i was going
1: really wow yeah
2: there was that much uh turmoil yeah inside of me why do you think that was i think that's the holy spirit working in my life just saying hey You know, there's more to life than 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 this.
1: Yeah, it wasn't because you were suffering from something or anything. Like no, it. It no. Just, my, yeah.
2: I, I grew up in a great family, and my yeah. parents were terrific parents. Uh, you know, my dad uh, was a hard worker, but he made the family a priority. Yeah. We did a lot of family vacations together, camping, and so on. Um, and you know, we just loved to do things together. So there was there was no like crisis in my life. There was just an emptiness in my life you know that there's there's got to be something more to this than what i'm seeing Mm -hmm. Uh, and so that that began the search Uh, so in the midst of that 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 first year i went to the little Rush college majoring in political science and the youth pastor had been encouraging me to think about you know possible ministry and i was like no 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 i i'm i'm good Mm -hmm. uh i'm going to be a good christian lawyer by the way we need them too so sure you know i'm i'm not saying that that's not a worthy profession but god continued to work in my life and uh they did a youth service at church and the youth pastor said you know he he was giving things for people to, the young people to do some to give testimony some to do special music or read scripture or whatever and so he turned to less and i and he said hey y- you you two are going to share a message and i was like what where where did that come from <laughs> uh-huh so I preached on the whole book of Philippians in seven minutes. Wow. I can't even get through the introduction. No you, can, no, you can't you
1: <laughs> can't. So you how you old, heard it here, old, folks. <laughs> <laughs> members of the First Baptist it Church. Can be done. It can be done. It
2: can be done. <laughs> <laughs> the whole book of Philippians in seven minutes takes care of a lot of things. God loves you.
1: Yes. <laughs> how old were you when you when that when you did that?
2: Uh, I I had uh, just Turned 19 a little bit that. So that was the that. first
1: time you basically preached? Yeah. Yeah it, was, yeah. Uh,
2: uh, yeah, it was 19, 19 and a half, whatever. Uh, and I came down from that, and I and I turned to the youth pastor, and I said, this is what I I need to be doing. Wow. And so in July of that summer, I transferred hmm. to, uh, to Bible college from a political science major where most of my education was already paid for uh, and moved from that to ministry where i had no idea where my college education was going to get paid for
1: yeah how'd your parents react to that
2: uh well actually it it was interesting because my dad said hey you you know you want to go fishing so we, we did a lot of that together anyway so on the side of of the stream he said uh you know i noticed that that you put on your your application that your parents weren't christians what do you what do you mean by that and mm-hmm. so there, on the side of the stream, I got to share my testimony with my dad about how I had come to faith in Christ, and uh, and my dad's response was, "Well, I'm just, I'm not good enough," and and I said, "That's exactly the point." Right. You know, we aren't good enough, uh, and it it took uh, about five years, and my dad came to Christ after about five years in my office. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, in in Maine, but uh, but one of the things he said to me he said, "Do you realize that?" ministers don't make as much money as lawyers do
1: right
2: and he said but if this is what you think you should do i'm 100 percent behind
1: you that's awesome yeah. So, yeah that's really awesome i mean yeah. i couldn't ask for anything more yep yeah no that's incredible so god god was just chasing you down oh he you know? there's like,
2: no there's no question about it he put all yeah. kinds of things in, in in my path yeah and i actually ended up going to lancaster bible college and had never set foot on the campus until i got there
1: wow so you just decide you're going to go there without I'm even gonna, seeing it, right? I'm going to go there. Well, we kind of did things like that back then, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. like when I I graduated, I was eight years behind you, yeah. so I graduated high school in 84. I didn't go on any campus visits. Right. I just chose a school.
0: You went to the guidance office. Yeah. You, you looked at like, a bunch of pamphlets. Where, what should
1: I do? I don't know, you know. And, yeah. And there isn't as many, I guess, yeah, not nearly as many jobs because the whole technology evolution hadn't occurred. Yep right? and no, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, we were using abacuses, right? Oh, right, exactly. <laughs> so uh, it wasn't like, you know, I'm going to go do IT or this or, you know, whatever. I don't know. And that even like my profession, physician assistant, I don't even know what the heck that was. It existed, but it was like hardly any around then. So it was like, well, you go for business, you go be a lawyer, you go be a doctor, you be a teacher, or you be a nurse. Okay, that's it. Yeah, Engineer. There was also engineer. So um, yeah, I mean, that's the way it was, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, the options
2: weren't uh, as broad.
1: So, when did it, how would you? Uh, I know you've had to do this. So, how do you counsel, uh, especially a young person, like say high school or even college, or even people like, you know, past college age or whatever, who don't know what they're supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Like, because it was clear to you, I mean, this is a vocation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you were called to it. This is what I got to do. Uh, so, but not everybody has that. Uh, I'm not sure why, but, you know, um, can you speak to that? Like, how would you counsel people that way, in that regard?
2: Well, I, I had the privilege of working with teenagers for about 28 years mm-hmm. a, as, as a youth pastor. In fact, uh, the thing that really motivated me to do that was that it was a teenager that shared Christ with me when I came to faith. And I said, you know, this is what it's about, mm-hmm. you know, training teenagers to share their faith with other teenagers, because who has a greater, greater voice in the right. life of a teenager than another teenager. Right. You know, so uh, as it was exciting over the years to see young people grab a hold of that and uh, and uh, share their faith with their peers and live their faith, their peers. Uh, so, I, you know, in, in counseling young people about, you know, what should I do, where should I head, you know, I said the most important thing, I believe, is that you walk with the Lord right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And and you and you you do pray and you do ask him. Sometimes you don't get this big sign from heaven that says, "Hey, I think you should do this." Right. But are you walking forward with the Lord? And I think he uses some of your natural interest, yes, and and other people in your lives and circumstances in your life to give you some direction. Mm-hmm. You know, and one of the things that uh, in sharing with young people is you can't be afraid in midstream to say, "You know what? I, I think I'm." need to head in a different direction yeah because i think sometimes we put people in this in this little box and we say okay this is what y- you're going to do and you can't you can't no, you can't go from that right you know and i'm grateful for my parents here i was this pre-law major and talk about a shift
1: yeah uh-huh.
2: and, and a change in direction uh and yet i had parents who said you know what uh we're behind you
1: yeah that that's great advice i think i you know i think it was um Years ago, I read I read a lot of books by Max Lucado. Years ago, mm-hmm. he's a Christian pastor from Texas and wrote a lot of books. A really good writer. Um, I remember him talking about I don't remember what the title of the book was, but he said whatever lights your fire, whatever your passion is, that's probably where your gifts lie and what you should do, yep. and find a way to do it. Now, and and you know we're part of F three and F three they t- they call it your dolphin. Call it a dolphin because dolphins can swim naturally; it's what they do. So, to find your dolphin, what you naturally do, and pair that with—I'm not even going to tell you why they call it a (laughs) daffodil—but finding the group that you can serve with those gifts. Like so, you know, and when you could get those two together, uh, that that cross section, intersection—that's your high impact zone, uh, where where your where your purpose should be. Uh, so I mean that's right in line with that, but I think that the most important thing you said there was make sure you're walking with the Lord first yeah. because, um, because I don't
2: I don't think God's going to give you direction for the future when you're not living for Him right now yeah. and seeking Him right, right. now. Sure. So, so yeah. it's a it's a day by day walk. Yeah. You know, so many people say, "Well, I'm, I want to know what God wants me to do down the road," and you know, my response is, uh, "Are you doing what you should be doing right now?"
1: Right. Yeah. 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 And I think you know, if, if you're walking with the Lord, that means you believe that the Bible is His word. You. And for me, as I, as I read through scriptures the first time I did it, and then, you know, every time, but uh, that helps to give me focus on, you know, what's right, what's wrong, but also, you know, um, what, uh, what maybe is in line with my gifts and talents that I'm reading in the Bible, you know, that I should be doing.
2: And, and, and I would say that I think just because, uh, you know, a young person chooses this field over that field doesn't make it right or wrong. I, th- I think God does give us some choices that he allows us to make and, and it could be this or it could be that and it still would be okay
1: yeah. right yeah and there's no there's no uh, one uh, occupation that is more holy than another right absolutely and absolutely. That, that was a big change during the Reformation and that's where we get the Protestant worth ethic from like if you if you're if you're raking the leaves, that's your job. You should do that to the best of your ability. Right. And that's that's a divine no matter what it is, thing yeah. to do, right? You're taking care of creation and stuff. So, yeah. yeah, and
2: I think sometimes we've misnamed the whole, you know, uh, in ministry thing. Right. You know, so if I'm a pastor or whatever position in the church, I'm in ministry. Uh, when God calls us all to be in ministry, wherever we're at, whatever yeah. job he's put us in to right. make a difference in the sphere of influence that we're in. So that's, that's our ministry.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You could serve him wherever you are. Yeah. Right. So,
0: so we're all ministers, right? Yeah. And we it's it's cool. You know, that, that's right in line with what we've heard from a lot of guys that we've had on the podcast that, mm-hmm. that have created that ministry wherever they wherever they were. I remember, uh, oh, drawing a blank on his name. You know, he started the Bible study right in the in in the ER, right in. Uh, oh yeah, that's Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's right. That's the other defense. Yeah, that's, right. that's the other D-fib before. You Forgot his name. Like, how did I forget that name? That's D-Fib two 0.
0: Yeah, my brain's gone. He's D-Fib <laughs> two uh, And other guys, right? That just like, hey, here's here's where I'm at. You mm-hmm. know, I'm gonna I'm gonna serve the Lord the best I can and uh, start a Bible study. Sometimes it's just serving the employees or the customers that you have wherever. See a need,
1: is. fill a need. That's right. Yeah, that's outstanding. So you went to uh, L- LBC, mm-hmm. Lancaster Bible College. Uh, got your degree. What was your What was your first post after that?
2: I was a youth pastor in Maine.
1: Maine, yeah.
0: Yeah, so, what was that like? Uh,
1: nice and warm, right? Yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, for,
0: for the month of July. Right. <laughs> yeah, the fall yeah. started in August. <laughs> and still hadn't cross-country
2: skied? I still hadn't cross-country <laughs> skied. And I still never cross-country skied, but I did a lot of ice fishing. Where in Maine were you? Uh, about three hours up the coast outside of Belfast.
0: Okay.
1: That's in so, Ireland. Did you know that? I, yeah, that I got there, confused that well. oh, way. Okay. Oh,
2: well. I yeah, lost the map. Ended up there. Did the
1: Irish settle so. that place? Is that why it was called Belfast?
2: So, uh, <laughs> you know, I was filling out a bunch of applications my senior year for various uh, places for uh, youth ministry, and uh, this application came across for this church in Maine, and I thought, well, you know, I'll fill it out, but you know, it's never going to happen. Uh, you know, and the next thing I know, we're we're in Maine.
1: And you were married at that point.
2: Got married. Yeah. I graduated in May. Got married in June. Moved to Maine in July. Five hundred miles from anyone that we knew.
1: Oh, by the way, Brenda, we're moving to Maine.
2: Yeah. She she always wanted to live in Maine.
1: Really?
0: Yeah. I wow. ne- and, I never knew that until this whole thing started to transpire. And, wow. and Brenda was not the girl we talked about earlier. No, she wasn't. Friend. Right. No.
1: So, <laughs> I just I, I, I want to make sure. So, yeah. yeah. You so, got to tell how you met. and everything. is a hopeless clarity. romantic, so he loves these stories. Yeah. So you
2: got to tell us. I met her. I met her at church. Okay. At that same church.
0: Oh, the same church. Yeah. Yeah, where I met some other girls. Uh, so the girls pulled a switcheroo on you. P yeah. Double D yeah, playing the were, field. I think they were all trying to get rid of me, basically, you know. So they kept introducing me them. to other, other girls. Yeah. <laughs> He's not very athletic. He gets picked last all yeah, the time. So, yeah. There's only hope.
2: <laughs> the only thing he can do is can run. He can't do anything with the ball, so, <laughs> you know. Uh, Was Brenda always
0: picked last, too, in Japan? Gym- <laughs> <Right. laughs> yeah.
2: Brenda is not a sports fan at all, which is kind of interesting. Because and she's given, given a your house. Oh <laughs> so, yeah, six boys. that Everybody has their own team, and yeah, uh, she just she, goes to a quiet place. In yeah, the house, she right? sort of made a moratorium at dinner that we couldn't talk sports. It was the only place we couldn't talk sports. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I was on a youth group hike actually, and uh, I saw this cute girl uh, that I hadn't really met, and so I decided on the way down the mountain that I would position myself right in front of her and mm-hmm. stop quickly
1: oh good move yeah
2: yeah good move smooth. so she would have to run in that's things. smooth oh. yeah yeah my oh. boys think that that's really lame yeah it was <laughs> real smooth uh, but i tell them you know we've been married 41 years so it, it must have worked It worked, so, right yeah yeah so it was it was lame but it, it was a good lame yeah
0: yeah. He, he thought his backside was his best feature. Let's be honest. <laughs>
2: That's it. Let's be honest. <laughs> That's it. That was my good side. Yeah. Uh, I, I may have happened to, after that, run by her house, too, uh, uh, which they even thought was even lamer. With and his shirt well, off, right? Yeah, and she she saw me running. So uh, 86 pounds of blazing distance yeah. runner muscle. Why did that <laughs> guy
1: pass my house 18 times today? So I was actually over 100 by then. So right. <laughs> I was really stacked. He was, he was jacked. By that point, (laughs) (laughs) pushing 110. (laughs) Yeah, so I, I had a similar smooth opening line with my wife. So it was, we were, she was a student nurse, and I'd seen her the day before, and she had like just nice clothes on and a lab coat. And I saw her across the way on one of the hospital floors. And I thought she was a resident and I tried to make an excuse to get over by her. I was seeing a patient and by the time I did, she was gone. I thought she was gorgeous. I got to see this woman again. And the next day, I get on the elevator. She's on the elevator and she's wearing these old Geisinger School nursing uniforms that were just ugly as can be there from like the 1920s. She had a hat on? Yes. And I said, uh, and I said, "Boy, you looked a lot better yesterday, or something like that." that was my, that's that's that a was great line. opening line. Yeah, that's a great line. Yeah. yeah, that'll that'll win you every yeah. time. Twenty eight years later, that's it. Go. Must have worked. Well, right? That's a good line. Yep. Yeah, no, she will tell you otherwise. <laughs> I remember to say that
0: to her sometime
1: just see yeah. what she says. Oh yeah, she tells that story.
0: <laughs> All right, so Maine. How
2: long were you up in Maine? Uh, that time we were in Maine for about six years. I um, was youth pastor for two and a half, and then actually. No, three and a half, and actually then had the opportunity to be a lead pastor at a a missionary church. It was their first full-time pastor. Uh, So uh, actually 14 miles down the road, same road. There's not a lot of roads in Maine. Not a lot of roads. No. Uh, So we moved down the road and quickly realized that I really missed working with young people. Yeah. So so actually after two years of doing that, uh, I resigned with really no place to go, and Ended up working in a cabinet factory for a bit down in uh, the, the Lancaster area uh, because I really believed that God wanted me back
0: in youth ministry.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What what kept taking you? So you went to Lancaster Bible College, and then you went back there to work at a cabinet industry. Was was there family there? Did I miss that? Uh, no. What kept no, taking you to that part uh, of actually P- uh, like uh, Pennsylvania from uh, Maine? Another,
2: another fellow I knew worked in the cabinet factory. Okay. So he let me know that a job would be available. Ah, so so okay. I ended up moving down there. So that we just have a job because at that point we had three kids. Yeah. Ah, all right. So I had to have a job. Right? Yes. Yeah, I was just
0: it was curious how Lancaster yeah, PA right. yeah, kept yeah. being your landing spot. Yeah. After, it was just because I knew somebody,
2: you know, that knew somebody Got it. and Got it. Uh, the job opened up and I, and I needed to move.
1: So you missed the Amish.
2: Yeah. I was, uh, I went to find a horse and buggy.
1: That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so how'd you get back in ministry?
2: Uh, well, in the in the process of going to cabinet factory, I start I again continued to apply at mm-hmm. places, and uh, actually the youth pastor position at, at my home church opened up.
1: Going back to upstate New York. So I went
2: back to upstate New York, where mm-hmm. I was in that position for nine years.
1: Okay, and uh, and then you end up in the Poconos, right?
2: After a brief trip to Maine.
1: Another brief trip to Maine. Ended ah. up
2: back in the same church I was youth pastor oh.
1: at. So you went back as a youth pastor again.
2: Yeah. Okay. Actually, was working with um, now the leaders were uh, young people that we had discipled mm-hmm. years huh. before. Yeah. So it was just a great opportunity, but some other things uh, didn't work out. Yeah. So uh, after a short time there, we ended up back in the Poconos. Yeah. Uh, not back in the Poconos, but in
0: the Poconos. Yeah. What
1: What church was that?
0: It was First Baptist in East Stroudsburg. East Stroudsburg. Yeah this point you've already like doubled the average life expectancy of a senior or of a youth pastor oh absolutely right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> <And> you <laughs> kept going back i kept going back yeah uh, <laughs> people question my my
2: mental stability but <laughs> uh yeah i just love working with young people
1: is there a do you think uh, just on that topic do you think there's a i think i know the answer to this but do you think there's a a soft sort of age limit to being a youth pastor
2: i i think for me you know, uh, doing it 28 years, when I began to hit my early 50s, I, I really sensed that my energy level was a little different. Right. Uh, my, I don't think my passion was a whole lot different, but I think my energy level was a little different. Yeah. Uh, some people do it way beyond that. Uh, for me, I really sensed that that was the point in which I needed to consider more adult ministry and then think uh, creatively how I could continue to be involved with young people because...
0: Yeah. I, I I really still want to do that. So you, st- you still felt like you were able to really connect with the kids? Despite I do. That age, it was yeah. truly just that energy level. Of yeah.
2: You know, the all-nighters. Yeah. And, you know, the summer I'd be gone, you know, I tried to plan it so I wouldn't be gone two weeks in a row. But, you know, I'd, I'd have a bike trip for a week, and I'd come home for a week. Then i have a week at camp, come right. home for a week. Then i have a lots week of, on a mission trip. Lots of weekends home, away. You yeah. know, and... And,
1: and those yeah. are the summers when your kids are home from school. And, right. Yeah. You
2: know, and my family's getting... Bigger and uh, it just became uh, just became more challenging with that. Uh, so I really sensed that they needed somebody that uh, that would have that type of energy. Uh, and again, I don't think you lose your influence, uh, but you know, I think there's some energy. Issue. For me, it was sure, yeah. You know, and I mean, I tried to stay in shape, continue to remain in shape, but uh, it's just different.
1: Yeah. So let's uh, I mean, we'll we'll pick up that. Uh, career story, uh, we'll come back to that. But uh, as far as your uh, involvement with uh, with running and cross country, so your personal uh, journey, uh, you went about, what would you say, about 12, a uh, lot of years where you couldn't really run very well. Right. Yeah. Uh, then what happened?
2: I, I began to um, want to get into the uh, high school, junior high uh, opportunity with coaching, and I felt that I should need to be able to run some So when we, I had coached a little bit in Maine the the second time that we were there. I was actually uh, the head uh, junior high track coach and the head cross-country coach at junior high in that uh, second time, short time that I was there. And so when I moved to the Poconos, I decided, you know what, I just need to work through this. So I began to run, um, uh, increase very slowly. So I started really low. I mean, I started like at a mile. Mm-hmm. And I stayed there for a bit. I did a lot of core work mm-hmm. uh, that really helped strengthen my back, I'm, I'm convinced of. And I gradually, very, very, very gradually worked up. And as I worked up, the opportunities came up. Uh, so the, um, the head cross-country coach in, uh, in the Poconos uh, resigned, and the opportunity opened. Uh, the, one of the head track coaches, the girls track coach, he had coached cross-country for many years before that. Uh, before the, the the current coach and he came up to me and, and asked me because I had vo- been volunteering it with cross country and with track and he knew I was very interested and I, I think he knew that I knew what I was talking about uh, so he asked me if I you know would the church ever let me coach yeah mm-hmm. uh, be a head coach uh, and I went back to the board and they were 100 percent behind it mm-hmm. uh, to be where the kids are right you know the church can't wait for people to come to it the church needs to go out to the people yes uh and so that was one of the avenues of the open door at, at the high school yeah. and uh so i i applied for that position recommended by that head coach and the school had asked who would you recommend and uh, he said, well, this is the person I'd recommend. But it's a little challenging for the school when you're not part of the school district. Yeah, so who right. is this guy? Right. Yeah. Now, I had been able to get into high school as far as being a volunteer in the lunchroom and getting in connection with kids. So I wasn't a complete stranger. Uh, but obviously, you know, they weren't paying me as a coach. Not mm-hmm. that you make a whole lot of money as a coach. If you're in it for the money, you're in it for the wrong reason. Uh, but uh, so... You know the, the search kind of went on and on and and uh, basically I think they they didn't have any other candidates yeah. that uh, that were there and so you know the the head track coach again recommended me to them and and so that summer they they hired me mm-hmm. and uh, so I, I was the head coach at uh, at the Poconos uh, for eight seasons.
0: Uh, what years were you coaching there?
2: I was coaching there. Let's see, we moved to uh the Poconos in the late 90s so I coached I think 99 to 2007 maybe okay.
1: yeah. and boys and girls yes mm-hmm. yeah
2: yeah and and thankfully the teams were were pretty successful yeah uh, so you know they they seemed to be pleased uh uh with uh, with me as a coach and it was just a great open door in, in the high school
0: what kind of numbers did you have on the
2: team uh, we had about forty on the team. Wow, so good Whoa, size. that's a lot. Yeah, good size team. That's yeah, boys, so and 40? boys and girls. Boys and girls. Yeah, yeah. So I think you know, the, when I first got there, the uh, the, the program was uh, just a little different. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Uh, so you know, I came on and said, you know, we need we need to we need to get a base here, mileage and and core and all those kind of things. Uh, they had the talent. Right. There, there was no question. The town. You want us was to train over the summer? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, the, the best look was, you know, I I I, I met with them right uh, right before school was out, and uh, and said, hey, this is this is what I want you to do, and we're going to have these voluntary workouts, um, and and actually, I think it was after school was out, so it was very difficult trying to get in contact with them because they hired me so late. I mean, I was very grateful to be hired. Uh, so we did get some participation, but I can still remember look on their faces when, and I had told them ahead of time that when you come to the first practice, you need to be ready to run five miles.
1: Yeah. Oh boy.
2: Yeah. And you know, I still remember some of the looks uh, yeah. on their faces that you, you, you want me to do what? All at once. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so exactly. forgive
1: my naivety, but, uh, when you're coaching cross country and you're running five miles, mm-hmm. you're, it's not, they're just not, run, not just running around a track. Oh no! So, no. so the kid that's way in the back, we call it the six, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you, how do you, are you, are you on a bicycle? Are you going back and forth? How do you keep track of where the kid, the kids are? Uh,
2: it depends on where we were running, and sometimes I would have to uh, drive to a certain location and and see them there. Uh, at that point, I was running a fair amount, and I could run with most of them mm-hmm. uh, uh, speed wise. Uh, you know, as time went on, that that became less and less. Uh, practical Uh, but trying to run you know think about all the different levels of runners that you have and I think that's one of the things that coach Brandt does really well Mm -hmm. you know taking I I took students where they were at and got them to where they need to be right and you can't get them to where they need to be right away yeah so it was developing a whole mentality and and a base for, for for the student athletes yeah you have to be pretty patient
1: yeah, and that's uh, one of the that, definitions of leadership or the reason to lead is to take somebody or a group of people and get them somewhere they wouldn't get to on their own. Exactly. Right? And uh, and that takes a lot of uh, investment into them, right, and stuff. So, and, yeah. and,
2: and I think they have to believe that you care more about them than their performance. Right, yep. And that's what I stressed over and over again. Uh, you know, and if the students believe that you care about them, Mm-hmm. They'll mm-hmm. run through a wall.
1: Yeah. Now, I got, I got to ask you this. Uh, what's the difference between coaching the boys and coaching the girls? <laughs> Ooh. Do <laughs> uh, you know night and day? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I used to tell I'd people. I know the answer this because I coached girls, and there's yeah. a
1: special place in heaven for all of us that have coached yeah, girls. Yeah, running's, so. running's different.
0: Like, running's a different
1: – this is a good question uh-huh. because
0: cause you're right. We've talked, like, for soccer, right? Mm-hmm. You, you say something, hey, the team, we're doing this. Yeah. Poorly. Yeah. Right? And the girls automatically. Every girl thinks every you're every talking about them. Every girl thinks her. you're talking about them. And not only and that, they and, think you hate them. And they're in tears, right? You hate them. Yeah. He's saying that I suck. Right, right. And you say the same thing to the guys. Yeah. We're not doing something yeah. well. they think it's the other guy. It's, it's not me. Not it's me. I'm talking great. About me. I'm awesome, dude. Yeah. Like it's talking about Ginny at, right. or Johnny over here, yeah. right? Cross country is a different beast, though, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's it's running, right? You can't just. You know your time. Yeah, like yeah. Time, the stopwatch doesn't lie. So yeah, yeah. go ahead. So, so
2: I, I would often tell people, I said, my workouts for the guys were in pen. Yeah. My workouts for the girls <laughs> were in pencil. Uh, well done. <laughs> I like it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, because... Uh, you know, for instance, so we're doing this speed workout with, uh, you know, with the guys. And, and again, it's not to say one is better than the other. Right. But I still remember this one fellow saying, you know, coach, my shoulder hurts. And I looked at him and said, you don't run with your shoulder. Get back in line. Right. Right. You know, I never said that to a girl. No, no, I, nah. no. So, you know, so I
1: did
2: play the, soccer with your arm. Don't worry about it. I have the speed workout <laughs> planned I, and I got one girl crying and I got another girl that's thrown up and I got, you know, so, yeah. uh, right. You know, it's just, it's just different. Uh, Yeah. uh, Not, you know, and some of, frankly, some of the girls I had were much tougher than some of the guys I had. Oh Oh, yeah, definitely. So it's
1: been proven women have a higher pain threshold. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's not that.
2: No, there's a, there's an emotional component that uh that you need to be aware of.
1: Yeah. And I, I've told, I've told this, I think I've told this story before on the podcast, but I was coaching soccer for a long time. Coached the girls for uh, like eight years, a club team. And then I coached boys for a while. And I was like, oh, boys. And then uh, there was a real reward for both. Mm -hmm. Both are very rewarding. Um, Because girls buy into the team concept a lot more than boys. And you're getting them to play together as a team and all this. And and once you develop the relationships, it's just so rewarding. But uh, I was coaching the high school team. The first year I finished, at the end of the year, they get all the coaches together from the conference. So the conference here, there's like three divisions or four divisions or whatever. And uh, the guy that was coaching a, a neighboring high school girls team, uh, I knew him because he coached a, a local club boys team. And this guy came from Barcelona. He came up with the Barcelona soccer system, played in the, in the high level English. Uh, it wasn't the premier league at the time; it was called something else, but anyway, and this guy could play soccer he comes to the United States. He's a coach and his boys teams were awesome. Cause my girls team, I would play them against his boys team in indoor soccer. And, uh, and they, they were just so good. And all. so now he's coaching the girls high school team at Louis, this place called Lewisburg. So, he, they weren't in the same division, as so we didn't play them. And I ran into him. He goes, hey, you're coaching the high school team. I said, yeah. And I'm trying to do a Spanish accent. So, <laughs> it's about uh, as good as my Yeah, as good as your as, Kenyan accent. last it, podcast. It's, it's a little weak. <laughs> yeah, it's a little weak. So he goes, I, said, I he said, I'm coaching the girls. I say, how do you always coach boys? What's up with that? He goes, I don't know. Listen, I come to practice. I have a soccer ball in one hand, a tissue box in the other. Which one do you want today, girls? <laughs> 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 We're picking on the girls. It's not fair. But uh, all to say that it, you, it takes a wise, uh, patient, uh-huh. and discerning person to coach the girls. Yep. You know, and yeah. and you could, and it could be it's just as rewarding, sometimes more rewarding than coaching the boys. But
2: yeah, I think you have to measure your words better. Yes, and yeah. even the competitive level of the boys and the girls. You know, boys aren't afraid to beat each other, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah, girls yeah. sometimes you get the idea. Well, you know, this underclassman says mm-hmm. I can't beat them. They're right. they're, they're a junior or yep. senior. I'm right. a senior. Right, you're going to get in trouble. And, they're not going to like you. You know, and so there's that other yeah. uh, dynamic, uh, and and again, that's. Watching uh, Coach Brandt uh, work through some of those things has uh, been very educational. Yeah, we posed
1: that question to him, too. Yeah. So, I, But, uh, so. you know, for, for the girls in soccer, it's it's even more challenging because, or any contact sport, because now to beat the girl, you know, for the freshman to beat the senior, that means you've got to slam into her. I mean, mm-hmm. there's there's physical contact, You're, you know, and to get, and even to get girls in the same class to compete hard against each other in practice like that is difficult because the relationship's more important, and the girls take it personally and all that stuff. The boys beat the snot at each other and they don't care, right? So so there there are ways around that, which we don't need to talk about right now, but uh, but it but that's the challenge mm-hmm. is to get them to compete and practice like that, right? Yeah. So. The
2: nice thing about cross country they don't have with soccer, you know, the clock doesn't lie. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah.
1: So that's so so what's subjective about so,
2: it. So you're either faster or you're not. Right. You know, and I always appreciated cross country because everybody got to run mm-hmm. in the regular season meets. Now, yeah. invitationals, you divide it up differently with JV and varsity. Uh, but when it came to districts and states, it was pretty well, pretty clear yeah. times it was pretty clear who, who, cut. who should be running in, in those yeah. in those races. I was
1: jealous of the cross country coaches in that regard.
2: Yeah. 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 I didn't have to worry about subs.
1: You don't have any parents come to say, my girl runs faster than you go. Well, yeah, well there's a some, the time.
2: Sometimes, you know, then, you know, if you have an injury <laughs> or something like that, and you have to deal with Yeah. And, and you're figuring out, maybe I have to go with an average at times. And, you yeah. know, some of that can be challenging, but it's yeah. a lot less uh, um,
0: difficult right. to do. Yeah. Sometimes that sixth and seventh run are the last two that make the varsity yep. roster. Like they've been back and forth all year. Right. Yep. And so. Yeah. You have six,
2: seven, eight, and nine, and they're like yeah. right there and they're trading places the whole year. And, Co- yeah. Coach
0: Brand's philosophy, unless like someone was really consistently ahead of someone else, like he numer, like I remember a couple times when Elena ran, like he'd only run like the five varsity girls mm-hmm. at like yeah. leagues, yeah, and then the sixth and seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth girls, it's like you're running the JV race and whoever the top, wins, whoever's a top two, you're on the varsity squad for districts and states, and, yeah, and, like yeah. Put it on the line it's and like wrestle after wrestling go, right? go battle it yeah. off yeah yeah you either beat the person or you don't right I hate to keep coming back to Jeff but I'm 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 curious about this because I know what my own experience was and I guess we're gonna eventually get to where you moved to Danville here yeah. at some point, right? But so so you've been you were coaching eight years? Yes at East Straussburg mm-hmm. and so did, did you go to did you go to States at all? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm just curious when you moved to Danville and you saw Jeff Brandt for the first time did you immediately have that response of like, holy cow! I know that other, co- I know that guy from like these other meets because he's so unique. Like he's just like he's unique. His appearance, his voice, how he coaches, like just how he, his mannerisms. Like he's a, he's a unique guy that catches your eye. And I know when I moved to Danville, I was like. I know this guy. Like I saw this guy as a, as a high school kid running across cross country meets. Like he was a coach for this. this yeah, he's team. all over the, he's all over the, all place. over the course. Yeah. He's like everywhere. Like every time you like every turn you make every mile marker you're at, like there he is. Like, how does he get here? Like, cause he got like a teleporter or what? But <laughs> So did, did you have the same, I'm just curious. Did you have the same response when you met Jeff, when you moved to town? Like, did you know him and recognize I, him? I, I did not know him because uh,
2: he ran a different class. Uh, that's true. Yeah. You were triple A. So, so we were a bigger, yep. we were a bigger school. Uh, so we never ran against Danville, so I never got to see that. And we ran at that point uh, with the the Lehigh Valley area was pretty stacked. Yeah. You know, with Parkland and Easton and Emmaus and some of those schools. So it was very, you know, our team never made it as a team to states. Yeah. I took various individuals to yep. states, and, and we had some, you know, very good runners. Uh, but we couldn't break the top what you needed to do to get yeah. the States as, a, as a team. So, you know, I, I never really paid attention to the other classes yeah uh, just because I, I knew we would, you weren't competing, we're competing against yeah him. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the things I, I would say about coach brand is, you know, that he welcomed me right away. Not many coaches, I would say, are secure enough mm-hmm. to have somebody from the outside come in. Now, Gary had already been here, so he knew Gary, and and Gary and I had been good friends. Gary was one of my volunteer coaches in the Poconos. Uh our so Gary's, boys, Gary's Gary Weddy. He's he here now. Yeah. 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 Our boys actually ran against each other on rival teams, ah. uh, that and I met him at one of those meets, Yeah, and we began to run together, and uh, we've run together ever since. Uh, so... Based upon Gary's recommendation, Jeff is a, is a, an interesting coach in that he asks questions and actually wants to have an answer, yep. and he listens to it. Mm-hmm. So you know he'll throw out workouts to me. I mean, I'm thinking this is a coach that's coached over forty years. Like you know, you're asking me, yeah, and and you're actually He's got banners full of accolades. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, you've got how many district championships, state championships, and, and yeah. state championships, and and you're willing to not only ask for advice, but listen to advice. Yeah, truly uh, want it. Yeah, and want it. Right. Yeah, and, it's not and, just a shallow, no, to make it, you
0: feel included kind of and, in question. And,
2: and welcome it. So, you know, that's one of the things that spoke to me. That that really is a sign of a good leader yeah. that is willing to seek advice Absolutely. and listen to it. Uh, so yeah, he's and, never never been intimidating. Yeah. Of course, I, I don't think I'm a very intimidating person, but maybe I am. I don't know.
0: All right. Enough about Jeff. Brandt.
1: Well, you, uh, you, uh, <laughs> you and I talked about candor this morning, and that's yeah. part of part of leadership. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I want to get back to your personal running story yeah. because I think the two of you are going to be surprised by something. I might be wrong, but let's see. So tell me about your uh, your your adventure in leading up to running a marathon and doing that. So
2: my goal, once I began running early on in running, even in high school, my goal was to run Boston. Yeah. You know that that was my goal, but for twelve years. I couldn't run at all. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And so that goal kept just getting put off and put off and put off. Uh, and uh, when I got to the Poconos and I was able to gradually build up, uh, I began to, while I was head coach, I, I began to examine the possibilities of uh, uh, running a marathon. I would have to run it in the spring because I couldn't do a fall marathon because I couldn't train and coach
0: right. yeah. at, the, at the same time. <laughs> Training in the Poconos in the winter is a... It's a fun thing. It's a challenge. They don't. They don't plow the roads there. They no. just throw cinders down on. top Yeah, of Troy them. has some great stories about, <laughs> they just, about. They just throw cinders down on top of the snow and let it get packed down. Yeah. Like I'm. I'm not kidding. Like that. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know what it is. It's yeah. diff- Troy's had the experience. i world. Stopped by police. I lived. I lived In a there. Snowstorm. Yeah. Good, uh, good story. I should have included. Yeah, that. Yeah. That.
2: That's a good story. <laughs> I love that story because I've run on that road myself, and uh, uh, so so I gradually began to build up, and I examined uh, uh, various uh, training plans, and I. I made my own. I took a bit from this and that. I knew I wouldn't be able to do high mileage just because of all my back issues that I'd had. So I knew I had to find something where I could do something where I would run uh, 40 to 50 miles a week. And that's pretty much where I was at. I knew I couldn't do 70, 80, 100. Uh, so my goal was to get to, to Boston. So I, I, I ran my first marathon in Pittsburgh. Huh. So Pittsburgh course is uphill for like twenty miles, and then downhill for the last six, which is a really bad idea. Yeah, <laughs> because you're you're, you're toast, uh-huh. and now you got to pound your way down uh-huh. to the finish. Uh, so I I had examined the course, so I trained uphill. I mean, I did a lot of hill workout. I built up my my strength, uh, my endurance. I build up my leg speed. I knew I had what I had to average per mile. So I, I got to the place where I knew exactly what I was running per mile because I had done enough repeats uh, so that I knew what I needed to do. Uh, and I remember the night before the Pittsburgh marathon, I was eating uh dinner, you know, the big pasta dinner thing they do at these marathons. And I was eating with, uh, you know, five or six other people and they, uh, they asked me, you know, how many marathons I'd run. And I said, well, this is going to be my first one. He said, what do you hope to run? I said, well, I hope to qualify for Boston. And they looked at me like I was out of my mind. Uh-huh. And they said, well, you know, don't, don't be too disappointed because we've, we've been trying that for a while. Uh huh. And I walked away from the table, and I thought, no, I'm, I'm going to qualify for Boston. <laughs> you jerks. Uh, you know, like, <laughs> tomorrow, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Right. You know, go. and I wasn't arrogant about it. I just I was just confident because I had— you Prepared. Know, I believed that I had trained right, uh-huh. and all my training runs had gone great, and I was just ready to run. So the first 20 miles, I just clicked off, and I was way ahead of schedule. And I uh, hit the 20-mile mark, and I, and I, I thought I hit the wall— You know, they talked about the wall, and I thought, yeah, okay, whatever. Well, (laughs) the monster came out and grabbed me. It's real. What I didn't realize was that I'd actually torn my meniscus. Oh. So I ran the last six miles with a torn meniscus. On pounding downhills. Pounding downhills. Ouch. But I knew that I didn't have to run very fast to still qualify. Right. So I finished the race, and I had qualified for Boston. What'd you run? I ran a 3.18.
0: Nice. Good job.
2: Um so one of the first people I saw back at the motel were these group of people Uh, (laughs) where they asked me how I did and I told Well
0: I ran a three eighteen. They were like, What? (laughs) (laughs) Uh and kudos to you. You didn't pick an easy course. No, I to qualify on that wasn't a real wise choice, I must say. No,
2: it, it wasn't, but it was one that uh, it fits your, it fits it your fit schedule. My schedule. Right. There's not a lot of marathons, it was like the, the beginning of May, it's the first weekend yeah. of May. Uh, it fit the schedule. Uh, I still could coach track some and still do this, uh, do this marathon. Mm-hmm. So, my son Jeremy was with me, he was running around Pittsburgh trying to find me at various places. Yeah, he had just got his learner's permit. And so I, I had <laughs> well, torn, a great place to go. I had torn meniscus. We lived five hours from home mm-hmm. and I uh, got about 10 miles outside of Pittsburgh and I stopped, you know, we got something to drink and I threw the keys to him. I said, Hey bud, you got to drive home. I couldn't, my, my leg, I just couldn't, couldn't do it. And I remember getting home and he was so excited because he drove all the way from Pittsburgh, you know, just got his permit. Yeah. He was this like, made mom very happy. He was psyched. Mom was not nearly as psyched, <laughs> <laughs> but I said, Hey, I didn't, uh, he did I, didn't, great. I didn't have any choice. So, so anyway, I didn't find out that I tore my meniscus until, uh, you know, a few months later when I still couldn't run, you know, it's eight weeks after the marathon and it still hurt to run. And I thought, yeah. you know, something's not right. Uh, so, uh, you, you know, I went to, uh, I went to my doctor, uh, who, uh, was the, you know, the bone guy and he said, well, we need to take an MRI. And that's where they found the torn meniscus. And he said, "Well, you know, we we have a couple options here. We can you can rest and let it heal." I said, "Am I going to be able to run?" He said, "No, probably not." I said, "Well, that's just not an option." Mm-hmm. I, I qualified I, for Boston for I, goodness I, sakes. I want to go to Boston. You got a couple months. Get ready. Yeah. So, so anyway, I I, I had the surgery, uh, but I still couldn't get to the place where I needed to be to run mm-hmm. run Boston that following spring. So I had to run another marathon. So. So I ran the Cincinnati Flying Pig Marathon.
1: The Flying Pig? Flying Pig, yeah. That's
2: an awesome marathon. I would recommend it. That would still happen? I've heard, I've, yeah, I've heard of that. It's still happening. The flying yeah. Pig, yeah. Yeah. Cool shirts. So And the medal is the coolest medal I ever got because it's a 3D medal, and it has the face of the pig coming out and, uh, and the tail coming out the back end. <laughs> so it's the neatest medal I own. Uh, but, it, you know, the theme is I'll run a marathon when pigs fly. Yeah. Uh, you know, and there's flying pigs all the way through Cincinnati and cool. go over a whole bunch of bridges and stuff.
0: And obviously it was a little flatter.
2: Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah it was <laughs> a little flatter. But still a fair amount of hills. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I ran a 317 in that one. And that was the first marathon that I got Gary to run. Uh-huh. Uh, huh. And uh, and he know that about Gary. And, and he beat me. Jerk. Yeah. <laughs> Can you believe it? You know, I go through this whole thing. I've, I get him. I, I I help help him train, and he yeah. goes and, and he beats me. What did he run? Uh, I think he ran a three fifteen. Okay, uh, two minutes. Idea. Huh? Two minutes. Oh, he beat me pretty good. Yeah.
1: Uh couldn't stop to pee. Uh,
2: I didn't stop to pee. Oh,
0: never. Yeah. All right. I drank a lot, but uh, some so people, any- some people beat third graders. Some people beat their best <laughs> friends. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Dial-up killed a third grader yeah, at the end of can, his leg. We could tell you that at the end. Yeah. He, so his podcast, <laughs> when this airs, will be the, the prior week from this one. Yeah. And we ran the Tussie Fifty. We were talking about that. And this third grader, he caught her at the yeah. and and one of our guys, G Ray, said, well, "You got to catch up to these this little girls' team." There was a yeah. third grader yeah. nice. somewhere in the middle That's and a, a middle schooler and uh, and you know you tell the story.
0: Yeah. So so G Ray saying this, and we're waiting for somebody that was a little slower to come in. Yeah, I don't know who that was. And this girl was gone for a long, long time, and G Ray kept saying he's like. You're gonna catch her? Come on, man! You got to try and catch her. And I'm like, dude, I'm not catching her. Like, she's been gone for like four minutes or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I put it completely out of my mind. And so I I run my leg, and it was only like 3.8 miles or something like that. It was short. And anyway, so I'm like, I'm like picking off these people. But then, like half mile to go, I get like a long stretch, and I don't, like I don't see anybody out ahead of me. So I'm like, okay, I'm done passing people. And lo and behold, I turned a quarter, I turned a corner with maybe I don't know 600, 800 meters. Well, probably about a thousand meters maybe to go. And there's the little girl oh boy i don't like a son of a gun Uh i could catch her and so i keep hammering and then i get there and i can see the little girl struggling and she's like looking back and she's like how much further is it and i'm like you can't do that to her i did (laughs) (laughs) you did it to her I did offer some words of encouragement as a pastor and How's I you said pastor? I said kiddo it's right up here you'll make it right and it's right there you got like a one lap around the track to go I said you're doing great keep going and then I just kept on running past it here
1: I'll show you where it is and follow and me The funny part was that G-Ray had <laughs> forgot about this
0: and so like G-Ray's like congratulating me when I come in and then he turns around and he sees this girl, and his eyes get like so big. And he like looks back at me. He looks at the girl. He's like, oh, "You caught her." <laughs> he was impressed that I caught her. But I, I said nice. I felt guilty though. Could have run
1: one run in with her. I could have know, been, yeah.
0: Uh, I could have been nice, but it wouldn't. Yeah. Have, yeah, it would have messed up my Strava. I know. Yeah, you can't do that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is where it might get more uh, uh, interesting. I don't know. We're gonna talk about his Boston. Yeah, that's where we're going. Okay. So, just making sure. Yeah. Tell him about your Boston.
2: So, Uh-oh. so, you know, you train in the Poconos uh, all winter. Uh-oh. I so can you have see where this wear, is going already. You have to wear sweats the whole winter. You yeah. Know, I'm wearing spandex all winter. The first time I don't run sp- with spandex uh-huh. is at Boston. Yeah, yeah. You know
1: why? Because it was 90 degrees. It was 90 degrees at, race hot. Time. Yeah. at the end of April.
2: Middle of April, 90 degrees. Yeah. With 50 new-
1: degrees the day before. Yeah.
2: 50 degrees the day
1: after. Somebody else ran in Boston when it was 90 degrees.
2: <laughs> Whoops. That was good. I knew I was going to do that. <laughs> That's later. just water.
1: It's all good. Yeah. It'll dry. So Somebody else ran in Boston easy, when it was 90 degrees. Are you, people are going to think we planned this. What year was it? We had, we had, yeah.
2: was it I'm, I'm trying to remember whether... I think it was, it was you, either,
0: either 03 or 04, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. I don't think I... Yeah, I wouldn't have ran it that year. Oh, I thought it was going
1: to be the same year, and you guys yeah. didn't know that.
0: No, 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 no. Uh, I was, there goes my plan. No, I was in the aid station in the... Uh, that would have been like late nineties. Like that would have been, that was my first Boston. So that would have been 90, 94. 94 yeah. I think 95. it was, the, I think
2: it was the hottest Boston in 30 years. I remember that year. I remember and, and folks you know, that competed and ran They, that they had radio warnings and they were yeah. telling people, you know, Hey, if you don't, maybe you shouldn't run and they put extra people yeah. out. And Gary and I said, you know what? We, we can't, we can't race this. You know, yep. we, we've, we've got to survive
0: a wise man told
2: me that once <laughs> yeah. i ignored him so, so so we we went out slower than normal mm-hmm. and uh i hit the 10k mark and i had to go to the bathroom and uh right you know at the beginning of boston when you're going down the hill uh-huh. some of the people peel off and, and pee yeah you know and uh poor planning one of the guys said <laughs> uh but i said you know this is you know, six miles in, and I thought, you know what, I'm not going to do that. There really wasn't any place to do that, so you're I just so Sweat anyhow. I, I decide I'm going to run for this gas station, and you know, of course, there's twenty thousand runners, and there's the crowd is ridiculous. Uh-huh. You know, three deep, and so you're looking for a spot, and I find a spot, and I'm running through this crowd, and the one guy yells, "You're off the course!" <laughs> I'm like, "Really." <laughs> Seriously, I had no idea. Right. <laughs> so I get to the gas station and the bathroom's locked. Uh-huh. So I have to go inside, get a key, I get go to the bathroom. It's a state I, holiday for goodness' sake. I know, sakes. for goodness sake. So <laughs> so so I so I get out of the bathroom, I throw the key to him, and I go back to the course and I see this opening and I go for it. And I'm almost to the street when this lady stands in front of me. Moves in front of me. I hip-checked her into the third row and just kept going.
1: <laughs> but So you're killing third graders. He's hip-checking old ladies in yeah, Boston. I mean,
2: hip or yeah. Something. yeah. So I don't remember anything. I don't remember anything from 10 miles on. Really? Zero. Wow. Somebody said, how was Heartbreak Hill? I have no idea. That's a good thing to forget. <laughs> I I jogged and walked the rest of the way. Yeah. Huh. I was so dehydrated. I stopped at every aid station, got something to drink. I was in the best shape I've ever been in. Yeah, I mean, training up to the Boston that year, I was running my best times. Um, you know, the training went perfect. There were no issues. And, uh, in fact, the night before, uh, we saw on the ground one of those flyers about how Oprah had won run, run Boston and done four hours <laughs> and something. And, and Gary and I looked at it, and we just laughed. We said, oh, that's not. So I ran a 4.11. Yeah in Boston mm-hmm. uh, in fact uh, my wife wondered where I was because people just kept coming in and yeah uh, I got to the finish ended up in the tent and uh, I had to drink a hundred ounces of fluid before I could go to the bathroom yeah
0: I I had, yeah. It, it took me a long time to get over that race mentally yeah Boston's brutal for exactly what you said that's it's cold all winter long and for some reason like the nicest day of the year, is always like marathon monday and and back then the the tradition was that boston always started at noon that's when we started so yeah so i'm sure you know so there you are it's probably the hot it's the hottest day that they've had so far that year like you said first day you've ran in shorts you're starting at noon so you're running through the hottest part of the day and generally there's a, a light tailwind yeah. And so, you don't even have like a light breeze to cool you off. Right. Like, the wind's moving at the same speed yeah. that you are. So, like, yeah. you're just like boiling in your own sweat. It's
2: and just... that day, they bus you out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Way ahead of time. <laughs> and there was no place to get out of the sun. Yeah. Oh, you just you, just you just just so, in the sun. Waiting. So, you're out there two yeah. hours before the race. Getting cooked. And yeah. just baking. It, it, it was just the worst scenario. And you case guys scenario.
1: wanted to do this.
2: Yeah. It's great <laughs> idea. It's great you know, it's a great and, idea. everybody <laughs> should do it. It was a good experience. Now, why is it
1: Boston that you everybody wants to do and not New York? Uh, You have to qualify for Boston. It's It's prestigious. It's the oldest. So, New York's not as prestigious?
0: Um, you have to
1: qualify for the New York Marathon? You do. But it's more
0: lottery. It's not based on your time, per se. Okay. There is some preference given to faster marathoners, I think, as far as getting in. But Boston was always prestigious because, A, A, it was the oldest. It's the most, you know, it's the... It's the most historic race in the, in the United States. Um, and, uh, and yeah, you had to, they just like, they never just let anybody do it. Like yeah. you always, it was the Boston Athletic Association put it on and they always had standards that you had to apply and, okay. and qualify. Yep. And so it's, it was always a challenge because not everybody got to do it.
1: Well, I listened to our podcast episode that's going on this week when we we're recording this with Photo Finish and you told me there's charity cases for guys like me. So. There are charity cases. Yeah. They, they do, I'm a charity so. case. If yeah. I mean. You would, you would probably
2: qualify for a charity case. <laughs> By the way, I found out, uh, after I moved uh, to Danville, I was at practice one day uh, with Coach Brandt, and I noticed him wearing a Pittsburgh Marathon T-shirt of the same year that I ran. Oh, there oh. you go. Yeah. So I went online and Googled. Cool. Yep. I, right. well, I was not anywhere near. I would guess that he beat you. I was <laughs> not, nowhere near <laughs> Jeff. Yeah. I didn't
0: even have uh, him in sight. So,
1: yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Jeff, was, Jeff was quick. He was good. Quick. Yeah. When, I mean, when yeah. Jeff was in his 40s, Jeff was Jeff was good. Jeff was yeah. good. So yeah. He's still good. <laughs>
1: He's still uh good. Yeah, after knee up, uh, yeah, half a knee up, uh, yeah, half a knee
2: replacement. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing.
1: He's faster than me. <laughs> um, so you're, you're you're coming from Stroudsbury, coming to Danville now because you're going to be an associate pastor, right? Um, that trip went uneventfully. How does your move go to Danville? <laughs> yeah, well,
2: this is, this is even funnier. So we're headed out with the U-Haul, and 25 miles from Danville, the U-Haul breaks down. I mean. We're going up a hill, and it's and it's, I hear a loud bang, and it shuts off. And it's, and I wait a little bit, started to back up. Went down the hill, one more bang, didn't start again. So I'm 25 miles from Danville with my U-Haul. On Route 80? On Route 80, yeah. side of the road. You know who passes on the other side of the road? The Danville cross-country team. <laughs> I had no idea. Uh-huh. wasn't paying attention to that. And Jeff said he looked over there at the... Broke down U-Haul. He said, Boy, that poor guy (laughs) was me. Uh Uh-huh. So so I came into Danville on a tow truck. Uh
1: Uh-huh. Towing the U-Haul
2: in the U-Haul. Yeah. The guy was going 80 to 85.
1: But the tow truck. With the with yeah, with
2: the tow truck uh-huh. with the U-Haul with our stuff on the back of it. Are you in the U-Haul or you're in a tow truck? I'm in the U-Haul. <laughs> Getting towed. No, I no, I was in I was in the truck with him. You're in the tow him. truck with yeah. him. Okay. I'm in the tow truck with him and he's just chatting away and 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 this you, this truck is 80 85 and I'm like, "Holy cow." <laughs> I hope we get there. Uh we had a nice conversation, but anyway, so we get to we get to my house, you know, and, uh The U-Haul, the tow truck backs the U-Haul in there better than I could have backed the U-Haul in without the tow truck. Uh, But, you know, I told the neighbors later, I said, you know, in the Poconos, we believe in saving money. So we didn't spend money on gas.
0: We just towed that (laughs) towed.
1: <laughs> Just paid for the tow truck.
0: <laughs> I remember all the coordinating, like to get you moved in because yeah. like,
2: we had everybody there, yeah. and because we
0: were we were gonna help you move in, and then you were right. so delayed that we we yeah. had to go somewhere yeah. or something, right? Well, a lot so of we, people had to go somewhere, but yeah, i mean there so, were still so, a lot of people so, there, yeah, right? So and, I, the and
2: I had coordinated it so that I would be there at such and such a time to rip the carpet out because there are hardwood floors all the way through the downstairs went, of the house. Yeah, sure. That. Yeah. Uh, we wanted to get the carpet off before we uh, actually moved in uh, but I got there and all that was taken care of and of course they thought well that I broke down on purpose because then I wouldn't have to do the carpet thing well played
1: mm-hmm. it was it was good yeah, it was yeah. good planning so you come here you associate pastor what year was that
2: I came here in
1: 2009 the nine and then uh, the the lead pastor Harry Wonderland retired um six years ago Seven. Seven years ago. And that's when you became then the lead pastor.
2: Yeah, they asked me to pray about it and consider being the lead pastor. Yeah.
1: So. And that's what you're doing now.
2: That's what I'm doing now still. Oh, am. Yeah. So
1: um you've had countless people, youth, uh, in youth ministry and coaching, young people that you've had influence over and stuff. I mean, do you have do you have contact with any of those people still? I mean, mm-hmm. from Maine to New York to Stroudsburg, Danville.
2: Uh, yeah, we, I still have some contact with some of them a little bit on Facebook. Uh, one young person in particular is now running marathons himself, mm-hmm. uh, that ran for me in high school. Uh, he actually is a trainer now. Uh, just, uh, just neat to see him, uh, progress. Mm-hmm. I've actually had the opportunity to share my faith with him. Cool. Uh, and, uh, you know, he contacted me and said, Hey, um, would it be possible to uh to get your feedback about possible workouts so I actually sent him in a you know a, a flash drive uh, the workouts for four or five of our years yeah that's really cool so so there is some contact still you had, did with you some get of those the guys?
1: opportunity to marry some of those people did anybody...
2: uh, I didn't do any of the weddings of any of those uh, those guys or gals yeah. But uh, still have some contact, and they, they still say, hey, thanks, coach. And, uh, yeah. you know, so that's it's, – uh, it's rewarding in, in that sense. Um, and obviously, since being here, you know, I'm still in the area. So, uh, so there's some ongoing contact with students, yeah. young adults. And,
0: you know, something he just said there, you know, the title of dad is a good one, right? But what about coach? Is there something special about kids that still call you coach years yeah. later? Yeah, oh absolutely,
1: yeah, absolutely, yeah,
0: yeah. It just caught my caught my ear when you said that. Yeah, and made me think of that. Later. You know, what's interesting
1: it's, is like, I I talk about coaching. When I coached the girls team, I had them all just call me Nevin. I told them they could call me Supreme Commander, Your Highness. <laughs> so they chose Nevin. So, um, but the boys, I told them you call me Nevin. They call me Coach. Yeah. The boys just call me Coach, yeah. right? Coach Nevin. Yeah. But they call me Coach, right? The bo- girls they call me Coach. They just call me Nevin. Yeah. in other names i'm sure but yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah i think there is something special about yeah. that and uh, you know that you sense that you've had some uh, influence and yeah. encouragement in their lives some right. type of respect
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. right yeah yeah that's awesome so um you're you're leading the church uh for a number of years now you had to lead through a very difficult time with covid and all that <laughs> yeah. stuff um what have you learned about leadership through all this
2: I think the influence of, uh, of leadership uh, happens when, again, people know that you care about them yeah, uh, and that you're consistent in who you are, mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, you're not, you know, this person one day, that person another day. Uh, I think uh, perseverance is a, is a real important ingredient in leadership. Uh, I would say that the COVID time was the, the toughest uh, three years. These last three years are probably the toughest three years in my life. Uh, in general, yeah. Um, uh, it it certainly is it is very challenging. Uh, and I I would say, as as a leader, uh, you need to be able to have some people that you can talk to. Yeah. You you can't be a lone ranger, and and I would say that for any man. Mm. You know, you can't be a Lone Ranger. Yep. Um, you know, Gary, uh, a Weddy, and Jeff Brandt, uh, the three of us are pretty close. And uh, I, I could tell them anything. Mm-hmm. And they know they could tell me anything. Yeah. Uh, and it's uh, it's uh, it's it's more than just a, a friendship in the sense that we really have come to the place where we see we need each other.
1: Right.
0: We call that a shield lock. yep right
1: yeah in F3 yeah. lingo that's the shield lock. Yeah. so the small group of guys that you're tight with they that you, that you have that uh, same that relationship you just talked about. it's extremely important, uh, and a lot of men don't have that.
2: Well, and I think, I think that's part of the reason why you've seen so many pastors leave sure, leave the ministry, yeah. especially during these, uh, these three years.
1: yeah it takes it's hard for any guy. To open up and trust, you know, you know, one or two people, even, and especially if you've been burnt before, or if you're, you know, you say you're uh, the pastor of a church, or you're the uh, CEO of a company, or whatever, you're the guy who's supposed to have it all together. So to be vulnerable, then is is risk, mm-hmm. right? So, um, so and it,
2: and and I would say, uh, sooner or later, you're probably going to get burned. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I did, and I mentioned that that to you earlier today uh, that I was burned many many years ago and it took me a long time to uh, be willing to develop that kind of friendship again Uh, and and in fact when I was going to going to college they recommended that you you not have that kind of friendship in your own church yeah that you have other pastors and and I always thought that 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 was to me that wasn't a, a good good advice yeah i agree with you because you, there's no way you can be with them like you can be with the people in your church and right. in your location yeah. so you know i've i've always sought that within the ministry that i've been in
1: yeah that's uh, wise that's i think it's really wise you mentioned one of the things the first thing you said was uh, uh caring about the people and them knowing that you care knowing your heart uh that's I, you know, obviously we completely agree with that, uh, but that also opened you up to some heartache, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I mean that's 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 yeah. the, the the flip side of that coin.
2: Yeah, because if you you know if you you really care about people, if they leave, it hurts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know it, it does, and you know you can say whatever you want to, it hurts.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah and I know, um, you know, you and I talked, but uh, you know this this COVID thing. It's affected churches all over the country. Uh, people have left churches and different things, and uh, mostly for probably the wrong reasons. Um, and uh, and I know that you know that that you, that it's hard on you. Okay. Uh, you love these people, mm-hmm. and you still love them mm-hmm. absolutely, and and, and 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 still do and, anything for them.
2: Yeah, and I, and I, and I pray that uh, God will use them wherever they're at. Yeah, you know, and I. I I don't wish uh, ill will on any of them. And, you know, people have to come to the conclusion where God wants them to be. Right. And sometimes it's not in your church. Right. Uh, And that's hard to say because I'm not saying I wouldn't want them there. Sure. Because I would. I'd prefer to have them, you know, with us, but you know, some of them are, most of them are in other fellowships where their, their gifts are being used. And you know, that isn't that what we want? Sure. We want people to use the gifts they have wherever they're
0: at. So, so one thing, I I mean, I just, I just have to say this because I, you know, some might say I picked the wrong time. Some might argue. You told us we're in this position for a reason when Mm -hmm. COVID hit. Right. I I feel like I picked a really bad time to come back (laughs) onto the beacon board again when COVID hit. Right. Uh, Countless hours sitting in meetings discussing. And uh, we weren't always on the same page mm-hmm. um, as, as uh, between pastoral staff, between the, the board of deacons. Like we, we had a lot of different viewpoints as far as like how to, how to deal with things. But um, I I always appreciated the, the group collectively in that at the end of the night, we agreed that we're like, we're going to leave here and we might've had differences of opinion. But ultimately, what we decided as a group and settled on, as far as decisions, we were going to be unified on, mm-hmm. even even if we disagreed, right. we're gonna we're gonna leave here. And I'm, I'm I, I got your back, even if I disagreed with with the mm-hmm. decision that was
1: made. I'm because they're not critically important decisions as regard the faith.
0: Exactly, and exactly. But the the most important thing, Dawes, that I I hope you've heard is that one thing that that always shine bright for me through some really dark days of COVID was that it was always clear to me and I think everybody around, well, I can't say everybody. <laughs> it, it was clear that your heart um, ached for the situation, for the folks that disagreed and might've left the church and your heart was always there trying to, to be that loving, compassionate person thinking about everybody in the congregation um, whether they were the, the, high risk, the low risk folks, you know, and, and just trying to do the right thing. Like your heart was in, in the right place. And anybody, anybody that disagrees with where your heart was through all that and, and where you stood on different things is wrong, quite frankly. Um, and I, and I admired your consistency in that and your leadership through all that. And, and, and again, how much your love for the congregation, every member, uh, really shine through, through all of that. So I know it was a, a really tough time for you. I, I, I probably can't even comprehend and understand things that you dealt with and had to wrestle with behind the scenes. Um, but, uh, your, your leadership was phenomenal through all of that. And again, it's, it, it was, it, it's where your heart was in, in the whole thing.
2: Well, I, I appreciate that, Troy. Uh, it, all the glory goes to God yeah. with that. Um, yeah, and um, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful for the church. Uh, grateful for uh, how they've loved us and and walked with us. Uh, and, you know, uh, through that whole COVID thing, my concern was for the entire fellowship uh, as a whole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what would be uh, best for the entire fellowship? I always felt that you know i'm not i'm not god so i'm not in control of all that stuff but i had to go to sleep at night knowing that i had tried my best right and that's what i I
0: tried to do considered every member Yeah. yeah
2: yeah
1: and what we're talking about here as far as disagreeing is is basically meeting together not meeting together and then wearing masks or not wearing masks i mean that's
2: there were various issues that yeah. that, so, that came to me and, and again I'm not shedding a, a bad light on anybody and yeah. and I realized that you know uh, people had different views and ideas and uh, and I get it
0: that's yeah. okay. and that's okay yeah and, right
2: and, yeah. and I and I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't want to love them any different right uh, and i and I would want to wish them the best
1: yeah obviously and, um, and you know God is in control. So, yes. um, whatever happens, uh, there's sometimes there's a winnowing. Is that the right word? Um, you know, sometimes we have to, uh, go through hard times to see what we're uh, really all about, but our job is to remain faithful. Yep. Love um, as Christ loved us. Yes. As Christ loved the church, man. Um, so I, uh, you, uh, you, you got your master's degree, but you focused on the old Testament, right? Mm-hmm. So you're an old Testament scholar.
2: I I would hesitate to say that.
1: (laughs) I knew you were going to say that. Well, your scholarship was in the Old Testament. I guess that by definition, you an Old Testament scholar, right?
2: Uh, I, I really, for a number of years, wanted to go back because I wanted to get some, at least some introduction to Hebrew. Yeah. And, uh, and with that, I had the opportunity to go to Israel for mm-hmm. a month and be involved on in an archaeological dig for two weeks, which was very fascinating. We are down to the time of King David, and we went to a lot of Old Testament sites that a lot of people don't go to, not, right, yeah. not the normal tourist kind of trip. Uh, so that, that that was a trip I'll never forget.
1: Confirming the historicity of Scripture. Of Scripture.
2: It's and, you know... you. It, you like that? history? Yeah, history. That, that was a is nice that a word. word? Yeah. That, yeah. That is a word. Yeah. That, that, really? word, that remember, word. Remember word. last podcast, I said His, I try to bring something new every time. Yeah, Hyster- that is an actual word, yeah. history yeah. Sounds like a medical term or and something. I would say <laughs> you, you never <laughs> read the scriptures the same after you've been to the place. Right,
1: sure. Yeah.
2: You know, you can you can picture it. And yeah, I've seen that. I've hey, maybe there.
1: we could, hey, here's an idea. I, I would love, what, it's on my bucket list to go to the Holy Land. Yeah. Uh, and uh, maybe we could sponsor a trip
0: that'd church. be great i always wanted to go with ray vanderland oh yeah, yeah. absolutely like, what's the video series that he does uh,
2: uh the the something in the book the land in the book i think he does he does that that's that's the that's not the video that's the um yeah that's his uh, radio program he does uh yeah i know what you're talking about yeah uh which is really good
0: uh, yeah. We studied yeah, he, his he's, series he's in Sunday school yeah. class once, well, a long time ago. He just like brings the Bible to life. Like, oh absolutely. Just, uh, taking yeah. it to a location. Yeah, I could just, listen to him for a long yeah, time. It's just yeah. phenomenal. But what yeah. was one of the like what's uh what was one of the coolest or a couple of the coolest things you saw or unearthed? Unearthed? Unearthed, yeah. right? Uh Little when you were doing brushes, archaeological.
1: Off
2: the dirt. Yeah. You had to be really careful actually. Yeah. So you know, and they, they the
0: things that you found is like this is just a rock, and someone's like, oh no, yeah. no, me, don't do that's, that. That's no, that's, that's, a,
2: a... that's a ring, or that's a whatever. Yeah. You know, I, I think you know finding some things, uh, pottery or whatever that were complete, uh-huh. you know, and that they could uh-huh. they could trace back to that particular time period. Uh, I, I found that uh, incredibly fascinating. You know that we uncovered some. Um, uh, various things that would go with structure at that at that time period uh, so just uh, you know not uh, not uh some huge things but a lot of uh, smaller things that that we found
1: uh, very cool very cool so
2: and and I found Hebrew to be fascinating yeah it's you know every you, jot and tittle you read right to left and back to front
1: right yeah
0: Dyslexic like extreme
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly, and uh, and there's no uh, unlike Greek, where you can see some words that relate like to English, yeah, like Hebrew has. No, not. forget no, it. There's, no, there's a, no. They don't even use letters. They do
1: little scribbly lines. Yeah, and stuff. That, I don't know what that is. Yeah,
2: the letters don't make any. You can't put anything together with letters. Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Do you have a favorite Old Testament book?
2: Um, I don't know that I do. I really like the Minor Prophets. Okay. And uh, you know, when I first moved here, we went through several of them. I think we went through about six of them Sunday evenings. So uh, yeah, the minor prophets, because I think they're basically ignored. You know, yeah, they're right. they're in that section of your Bible where it's really kind of new. And, they're the kid that gets picked uh, last. Yeah, they're the kid that gets picked <laughs> yeah. So I, I would say that in the Old Testament, that's my favorite place to go. Wow. Yeah, that's cool.
0: Have you ever had to recite like a chapter of a book of the Bible or like an entire book, like through your schooling? Was that ever like a requirement? Never. I'm asking because remember, I, this morning I mentioned I, I read an article about a guy yeah. who recited like the entire Old Testament. That's amazing. From memory, yeah. which is like just mind boggling. It's yeah, like
1: that's, running 50 miles on your own. What, what are you doing? It's more than that.
0: Like, yeah. Yeah. No, no,
2: I never had to do that. Yeah. Uh, although I would say that, you know, one of the things I've tried to do is, you know, if I'm preaching through a particular book, say one of the letters of Paul or something like that, I try to memorize uh, as much of it as I can. Uh, and when I was younger, I would. Try to get, uh, try to get that whole book.
1: Uh, you know how you do that dial-up. What's that? You have to read. It. Yes, I know. You have to actually read. You no, know, I actually had actually <laughs> had one guy that I
2: have his commentary said that he would read through the entire book that he was preaching fifty times before he would preach. Wow, wow. So that's one of the things that I really kind of tried to adopt that I would read and reread and reread. Yeah, you know that particular book. It makes a huge difference.
1: <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So here's a question for you: What is uh, what do you think is the biggest problem facing the church today? Good one. Hmm. Maybe hard hard to boil it down to one.
2: I, I think you know. I think the current series that we're doing is one of the things that's really on my heart. Uh, you know, the series entitled "Rooted," uh, you know, basic doctrines of the church. Right. Uh, I think one of the things that's that's it, really affecting the church in general. I'm not saying that every believer that there is not a, a, a thorough knowledge of why I believe what I believe. Yeah, I, I think because then whatever comes up in culture, you can get uh, waylaid with. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think there's a real need to, to know why I believe what I believe.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I shared, I shared that uh, one uh, thing on the internet I found yeah, with the, with right. the survey of evangelicals right. who are way off, right? Like half evangelicals. I'm I'm paraphrasing, but uh, that don't believe some basic doctrine. It's like how can you even be defined as evangelical? But that was strictly defined in the survey. Mm-hmm. You had to say, yeah, I, this is who I am, and then they do those things. So, yeah, I, I think that's a I think that's the biggest problem. I would al- agree. Doesn't always come back to the mission, right? Back to the mission. Yeah.
0: I mean, we have we have our five core principles. That's yeah. our foundation for for F three. Yeah. For, for what we do and. I mean, scripturally, same thing, right? Yeah. There's those same foundations, those same principles that if it seems simple to stay on mission, right? Right. Stay yeah. on task. Right. Like you, you read it, it's like, oh, this should be pretty easy. Yeah. Man, is it hard. Yeah, and I think you have to keep coming back to the mission. Yes. Because
2: yeah. it's so easy to get der- derailed. Yeah. You know, even this uh, phrase we use, a community in Christ, reaching our community for Christ, right. I think we need to keep coming back to whatever program we're doing does that really fulfill that mission? Absolutely. Yes. Or, yeah. you know, are we getting off the rails? Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and that would be, uh, can you imagine if all of a sudden the elder board slash deacon board said, we reviewed all our ministries, and the this one, 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 we're not going to support anymore because it doesn't fit with the mission. Can you imagine the... Whoop, gone. The revolt that would take place you know if you did something like that it's just it's just crazy so you know more challenges Mm -hmm. but it's easy to add on things you know it's easy to replace the good with the you know with a lot of a lot of the good that then pushes out the great yeah you know if that's if i'm saying that you end up doing a
0: lot of things so-so
1: yeah right or okay yeah because you have limited resources right
0: instead of doing a smaller number of things like really really well
1: yeah because there's resources limit not just money and stuff like that but but time Right, every person's time and stuff like so. Like, yeah. I mean, as a as a lead pastor, you could get spread so thin. And and, and I think we yeah.
2: put we have put a premium in our culture with this philosophy of
0: be busy. Right. Yeah. And
2: that's not always good.
0: No. Yeah. Not always good. Sometimes ministries are a life sentence too.
1: Mm. A life sentence. Yeah.
0: Like you start a ministry, and once you start it, it can't end. You know what I mean it's yeah. gotta it's gotta go on forever now. Like we've we've started this this thing and it's serving a purpose and it's doing it's doing good things and it's like, well, we can't just let it stop. Yeah. Right? And and so someone just keeps doing it even though their heart's not in it anymore. Maybe physically they just can't do it anymore. And and rather than let it go. Oh, we got someone's got to fill the void. Someone's got to fill the need, and so you find someone that Mm -hmm. takes over. And maybe it's not their passion. It's not their. It's not their gift. It's not their. It's not their thing that they want to do. And so maybe then they don't do it as well, and then they don't stick with it. Now you got to find another replacement. Like sometimes it's okay to just let. Yeah, sometimes it's okay. Like, hey, we did this. We had a good run. Yeah, right. It served its need for that time. It happened
1: with upwards basketball. Yeah,
0: absolutely. That's that's a great one that comes to mind. Right. It certainly had its glory years. You know, we reached a lot of kids and a lot of families through that, but it. It came its time where we we just couldn't support it anymore, right. and uh, I think you know the church made the right decision. That, like, hey, let it go. Maybe someday it'll come back. I, I think, Maybe yeah, s- I
2: think there's a possibility with that. But yeah. I think you're
0: right. And it,
2: you know, people have to be
0: passionate about uh, about the ministry that mm-hmm. they're involved in. The minute it, I, yeah, the minute it feels like work, or you have those feelings when you're if you're serving and it's like, oh, I gotta go to whatever that is you know ministry that I'm serving when you when you start getting that attitude and it's not something that you that you want to go do yeah it's it's kind of outlived it's 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 time in a lot of ways sure yeah yeah and it could
1: change yeah it could change a little bit like I so I started the Saturday morning men's group that we have in 2011 yep started off with just guys ahead boys yeah I and mean, trying to raise our boys together and then it just evolved into an a open for any man to come uh I left for Florida came back somebody else was leading it it was faltering a little bit i came back and led a little while but then um and then we started the forge on tuesday nights and other men's group that was meeting so now the saturday morning men's group i i i, I stopped leading that but it's still going on yeah. it may look a little different fo- bit differently, different format yeah. different format but and different leaders but it's still going on and serving a need and they and just had a a, a a retreat yeah uh, a bunch of guys and stuff like that so and then the tuesday night forge when i left uh, it evolved into Ken Heisey, one of the guys who was uh, part of the leadership team of that. Um, now doing a morning Zoom prayer thing that that's kind of came out of that group, and so it's so things can change, and that's okay, you know. However, you know, however, God wants it to work, right? All right, a couple more questions. So one of them is: Uh-oh, Are you ready? I prepared. I don't know. I prepared you. Prepared you for one told you yeah. about it this morning. But
2: but he's got a secret one there, too. I got a too. secret one, yeah. yeah.
1: So the secret one is, uh, if you were to name one person, past, present, ancient past, doesn't matter, that you would say is your inspiration, your idol, your hero, who would that be?
2: Boy, one person would be difficult.
1: Yeah. Um, well, you can give me a couple if you want.
2: You know, when I think about somebody that I really looked up to is my dad. Uh, now... He didn't become a believer till later in life, so it's sort of a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what, a lot of what I learned about family, I learned from him, and even him coming to faith in Christ taught me a lot. Because here is his son
1: mm-hmm.
2: now teaching him in and, and, and respect, uh, and him willing to take that. Yeah, you know that said a lot to me. So there's a lot of principal I drew from him. And I would say, you know, there's one guy in particular that I knew for three and a half years. Uh, his name's Jack Barlow. In fact, our son Jack is named after him. Uh, who uh, I, He was in his 70s and I was in my late 20s and uh, it was my home church. And he had a uh, a 3,500-volume uh, biblical library wow. as, as a layman. Yeah. He was a layman. He was actually uh, the, the doctor that the doctors would go to to ask about drug interactions. Mm-hmm. Huh. Uh, but just a tremendous encourager and uh, just uh, wealth of biblical knowledge. Um, and he would just invite me to his study, and he said, hey, it's here. You, you Spend all the time you want to in it. Um, Saturday, Sunday night, um, I would do youth group and Monday morning, he'd be the first one to call me. Mm-hmm. He'd be called, say, Hey, can we go out and get, a, get a coffee? And then he'd ask me, you know, what I taught on. And he was always like, wow, that's really great. And I'm thinking he's forgotten more stuff than I know. <laughs> uh, but he, he, then he would ask a question mm-hmm. to, to make me think. Yeah. Uh, and I watched how he treated his wife, um, you know, we'd get ready to go out Monday morning and he'd say, hey, I'm going to give uh, Gene a call. Uh, do you want to give Brenda a call? Well, what am I going to say? I'm going to say, no, I'm not going to call her. Well, yeah, no, right. I'm going to, yeah, yeah, I want to call Brenda. So he, yeah. You know, he'd say, you know, he'd call Gene and said, hey, we're going to such and such and uh, and uh, I just want to let you know and do you need anything? You know, so then he'd just say, hey, do you think you want to call Brenda? i said. Well, sure, I want to call Brenda, of course. <laughs> he, yeah. wasn't, he wasn't asking. <laughs> Absolutely. No, he wasn't asking.
1: I was just going to say I should call Brenda. Yeah. But
2: but he had a way to say things that weren't taken as a command. Right. Uh, but was really influential. Uh, and three and a half years after knowing him, he he died on the operating table with a bypass surgery. Um, but just a tremendous uh, couple Uh, made a profound effect on my life. Uh, And fortunately, I've been able to work with guys that, uh, you know, as as senior pastors that have had a profound effect on me. You know, in my home church, uh, the first uh, senior pastor after I came to Faith in Christ, uh, his name's Don Dixon. And then in the Poconos, Dave Cornell. And uh, here, of course, Harry Wonderland. Uh, Just great guys to minister with. In fact, funny story, when I... When I actually went on staff in our home church, uh, I it took me three years to call Don by his first name. Right, yeah. Because <laughs> it was always Pastor Dixon. Yeah. Was, right, I, sure. I, I had never called, you know. Yeah. So it, t- it actually took me three years before I could actually call him Don. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, you know, th- th- those guys were very in- influential in my life.
1: Jack Barlow. That sounds like a detective from an old novel.
2: He was a very very intelligent man, PhD. Yeah,
1: a pirate, I don't a know. bar pirate, <laughs> Jack just Jack Sparrow. I know,
0: I don't know, it just kind of rolls off. That <laughs>
2: but you know, one of those guys where he, did, he didn't have to feel like he had to show his knowledge, right? Yeah, he had
1: nothing to prove anymore. He was just a regular guy, yeah, humble yeah. guy, yeah, yeah. So, uh, before I ask you the last question, we started off this saying that you haven't been to F3 yet, yet. So, can we get a commitment from you for Saturday, maybe?
2: I, I it's, it's crossing my mind. All right. Ooh.
1: Okay, yeah.
2: And you said, what time do I have to be there? It's,
1: we, we get rolling at 6.30. That's
2: what I thought it was. Yeah, yeah I, I put it in the back of my mind. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, there, there's no
1: invitational that weekend. I, I uh...
0: You should tell Jeff that you're coming. Maybe we should just video and send it to Jeff.
1: Ah, at the end, we'll do it. Yeah. yeah, Absolutely.
2: Yeah. yeah, he's going to have practice Saturday morning, probably. So he's not going to. He'll be done in time.
1: That's right. That's <laughs> he doesn't right. like to get up early. <laughs> no, that's been his excuse. He doesn't yeah. want to get up early. He,
0: sleep. he sleeps in. Yeah. I'm
2: a, I'm a morning guy, so uh, yeah. I'm going to be up anyway. Yeah.
0: Jeff Jeff
1: likes to sleep in. All right.
2: <laughs> so so you never know.
1: Uh, well, I, no, I don't. I don't. I got to be ready. I'm ready for you. I'm ready so for you, whoever you, shows up. I'll be. You know. Ready.
2: You know. I, I I'm not going to be able to run far. No, it's okay. And uh,
1: I've got the cue, so we we'll manage and, and,
2: and fast. Doesn't exist no, I don't anymore. run fast either. So.
1: Okay. You got, you're not thinking fast. So you got to think fast, run fast. Think fast, run fast. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Chad Powers. Yeah. All right. Last question. <laughs> this is your chance to speak to the men of America. Mm-hmm. What is your message for the men of America?
0: Stop
2: doing life alone. Mm, nice. Yeah. Uh, our culture prides itself on being able to to
1: walk
2: alone. Mm. And I, if I had to say one thing, that's a disaster waiting to happen. Mm. And I think the homes and the marriages and some of the things going on in life in general is a consequence of doing life alone. Men need other men. Mm-hmm. So if I could say one thing, stop it. Yeah. Stop doing life alone. Stop being a Lone Ranger. You got to carve it out. Yeah. And you'll have to carve it out because you, you're, you're going to be too busy to do it. Yeah. So it's worth doing. Uh, and as I mentioned before, every place I've been, I've tried to make sure I have men that I could be real with. Men that are going to ask me the tough questions. Sure. And one of the questions after the tough questions is, are you telling the truth?
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You know, so you, you have to have a certain vulnerability to do that.
1: Got to be intentional about it.
2: Absolutely. It's not, it's, you know, if you say, well, I'm just going to wait until it happens, it's not going to happen.
1: Yeah. Great message. And I know that, um, we've you know, about this, we talked about this, but it's, F3, that's what we're all about, right? Not total. that's not all of it, but that's the big part, is uh, supposed to be the cure for what we call the sad clown syndrome. Guys laughing on the outside but crying on the inside. Uh, loneliness, you know, male loneliness. We know it's an epidemic and, uh, and getting together to, in the outside, no matter what the weather in, in the early morning hours and doing something hard together brings guys close together. And, and then we grow in our faith and, uh, and,
0: uh, iron sharp Iron. Yes. How, how timely is his response with what we've talked about yeah. this week on our, on our Slack channel? I just pulled up the quote right from just literally just yesterday. We were having a discussion along the same lines of don't don't live life alone and and i had shared a quote that i that i actually took from aaron russell who's our kids uh, cross-country coach as it's, it's by george martin when the snow when the snows fall and the white winds blow the lone wolf dies but the pack survives mm. um and it just it speaks to exactly you know, like we're not we're not meant to go it alone right mm but our culture uh, glorifies not, right them. like yeah. oh i'll be the stuff flown wolf yeah. right yeah i can you, do you, things on my own you can i don't do need it. i don't can need make anybody it. right right i don't i don't need anybody yeah yeah you do
2: Yeah, you do and over and over in scripture it clearly points that you can't and and people yeah. that are trying to make it on their own are falling left and right yep and might work for a little while yeah one of the things that i said earlier to nevin was that one of the things on my heart is that i would finish well mm-hmm. because i see too many guys are not finishing well. And if you don't finish well, some of what you've done is tarnished. Mm. Yeah. And the impact is lessened. Not saying that the, that the impact still isn't there, but it's not the same. Right. And we have too many men that are not finishing well.
1: Yeah. You got to leave right.
2: And, you know, I I can't finish well in and of myself. Right. I need the Lord, but I also need other men.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah jesus did right when he walked the earth he was fully man he needed other guys he had he, his inner circle and he has his, his group of 12 and i, I uh, think he modeled that a
2: model yeah. for us that you know we need we, we need other men now, obviously he's god and you know he yeah but mm-hmm. and and we're not
1: right very, very obviously <laughs> yeah but, great message uh stop being alone all right, um, dial up. You got anything else?
0: No, Uh great, great interview. Great, uh, I think this will be a great episode for folks to listen to. It's awesome having you on here.
2: Well, thanks for the invitation. I I've been wanting to be. You've invited me several times, but mm-hmm. always when I couldn't come. Yeah,
1: so. yeah, but it's all right. It's all in the Lord's timing.
0: I enjoyed hearing the different. I, I said. I said we could go in so many different directions with yeah. you. You know, with. Your, your history your story and uh, we covered we covered and dabbled in a lot of. I
1: didn't them. even make fun of you over the Mets I <laughs> I till, was just till, sitting here right now. I
0: I was just sitting here thinking as you're asking the last question. I'm like, holy cow, we've made it through this entire episode and we haven't oh, referenced. Oh, and, and oh, and by the way, we haven't referenced the Mets the, or the Cowboys. And by the way,
1: who did the <laughs> Eagles just beat badly? Yeah.
2: So, so I always know uh, when my teams win because my phone is silent. <laughs> yeah, but I did. I did hear from some Eagles fans. Yeah, yes.
1: I, you I didn't hear from me. I was. I, uh, I was good.
2: I would have been disappointed if I hadn't heard from some. But yeah. Uh, yeah, there there were some that, that wanted to make sure I knew the score.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I the other thing with Lieberman, we were gonna name him Padre. One of the guys wanted to name him Padre. Oh no. Because no. <laughs> it being such a fan. Another hard Mets fan. Diehard Mets
2: fan. Yeah. Oh. That was that was just painful. That was painful. The end of
0: the season. It was the Timmy Trumpet guy, man. Ever yeah. since they had Timmy Trumpet play live. It was a it was a downward slide since then,
2: but but it wasn't because of Diaz. It was they couldn't get him in to save because right. they were always behind. Yeah, yeah. They win one hundred and one games and can't was, get out was, of their own way in the it playoffs. Was, it was a jinx. I know.
1: I know. I listen, Timmy and jinx. I'm I don't hate you. the Mets. I don't like them. I don't. I hate the Braves. Yeah. So as a Phillies fan, and we're still in the playoffs, and the Mets. And the Thanks Braves for aren't. telling me that. Uh, <laughs> I I wasn't aware of that. Uh, yeah, I know. I, but, I bring you up to you date.
2: know I. Uh, yeah, I would prefer the Phillies over the Braves. Yeah, and, oh. and
1: by the time, well, of course, and by the time this podcast airs, the Phillies may be out of the playoffs because they just were losing eight to four. <laughs> they lost eight to five. Oh, they lost eight to five. But it's one game apiece, one and they go on back to Philly, baby. Yeah,
2: we, they were ahead four nothing in that game. It happens. We took away the home field advantage. Yeah, right. Temporarily, so, temporarily. Yeah, I must admit, I probably would rather have the Phillies win than the Padres.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> dislike the Padres. I just want them to lose now. So. That's how it goes. I
2: think I probably would root against, root for anybody that was. I can only the say that <laughs> just to it was a beats. good
1: weekend for Philadelphia fans. It this was. Weekend.
2: It was unfortunately not. Yeah, that didn't help me any.
1: The Phillies for those for the, the timing of this podcast again is going to be off. But for those who aren't aware, the Phillies had eliminated the Braves this weekend, and the Eagles beat the Cowboys. Now the Cowboys are getting Dak Prescott back, and the Cowboys are a really good team. So the NFC East race is not over.
2: No, not by not by a long shot, yeah. and. Uh, yeah, I think their backup did a great job, but I don't think he's Dak.
1: No, he's not. All right. We out? Sorry about that. It's all good. Yeah.
0: We had to slide it in at the end. Yeah, yeah thanks for the I thought we were gonna. <laughs> I thought we were going to sneak through. Like I said, yeah. you were asking that last question. It was going through our minds like, man, we haven't bashed the Mets. We're the, the Cowboys.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Good yeah.
2: Luck, yeah, we love you anyway. All my teams are harmless. <laughs> they, haven't, they, haven't, they haven't won in decades. Not very intimidating. Yeah. They're little kittens.
1: All right. Well, thanks for being on, man. We love you. We're there with you. You You know, we're behind you all the way. Great episode. Oh, by the way, dial up. I think we just spoke to another high impact man. Yes, we did, sir.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I would like to thank our guests for joining us and sharing their story of becoming a high impact man. More information and resources can be found at highimpactman.com. If you like this podcast, please consider following us on our social media pages or email us at him at highimpactman.com. That is H-I-M at highimpactman.com. The High Impact Man podcast has a new episode every week, and you can find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcast platforms. Have a great week, everyone.